Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your smartphone or computer. When hosting on Anchor... You can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And let me tell you, Anchor is the third host we've had in a year, and I wouldn't change it for the world. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Oh, it's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in this arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah. I said give me a hell yeah. What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 334 of the Stray Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacona, Fox PHL, the gambler and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on episode 334. It is a deep dive. It is a Patreon request for a deep dive. It is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn number four. <laughs> on episode three three four, like bro man from the fifth flow, right? You don't know nothing about that, Nick. You didn't watch Martin, unfortunately. But yes, NXT Takeover Brooklyn Martin, Four I, from that August doesn't stand out to me. That doesn't stand out I to need, you. I need it to, should. I need to rewatch it. I mean, I haven't watched it in years. I know it's available for for streaming, and the the most recent episode I watched was the boxing one for. Uh, what I think it was like our <laughs> Halloween Havoc '94 deep dive, yeah, where I had those clips. So. <laughs> We definitely did a little side tangent about that episode of Martin. That was a (laughs) classic moment in Shooters Radio history. But yes, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn from August 2018. It was a Patreon request from the good brother Chris Johnson, who will make a cameo here later in the show to talk about his thoughts on the show from 2018. But before we get into the deep dive, Nick, I got to do my weekly check-in with you, baby. How are you doing on this Tuesday evening my good brother, the the night that NXT Heat Wave happens, which I'm not watching. I'm, I'm telling oh, you right no. now, I'm not watching it. But how oh, are no. you doing, sir? Uh, well, I have the uh, Phillies game on, <laughs> and they're in Cincinnati right now. 
and you could barely see, you know, the hard cam and center field behind the pitcher and everything. Yep. Literally, it's you can barely see through the rain that is falling right now through there. Oh, and it's pouring. It is pouring in Cincinnati, and they have not. I'm assuming they're gonna. They're gonna uh, call they that just game went at to some a commercial. Point. Yeah, it was the top of the second that just got finished. So I'd be shocked. Okay. Yeah, they, they're not. <laughs> you're not yeah, gonna see I'd the bottom of the come second back coming back from the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, the Phillies are in the playoff hunt. As a huge Phillies fan, uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, football's coming. You know, I know you're excited about that for sure. And, uh, I mean, we all are, really. I mean, this is yeah, a great football town. Um, city, I should say. Not a town, right? City. City. City of Love, baby. City, and, Metropolis, uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> so, uh, it's a fun time of year. I do enjoy this year. Fall is my favorite season. That's really the lead up yeah, to it, and we got great. pumpkin spice coming back soon. Not, baby. Not, that's not great though. I don't do. I don't bang with the pumpkin stuff. Hurt me, Immediate. Hurt me. You wasted no time on that one. <laughs> it was the you first one a, I saw too. I was like, oh, I don't have to look on that one. That, <laughs> that had some malice behind it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, what's funny is last year. I was all about it. Uh, like the the lead up to it is is fun if you're a pumpkin spice fan. Uh, I don't get you know the hot coffees anymore. It's usually iced coffee, and so I'll have that flavor in there. Whatever Duncan comes up with, uh, Starbucks sometimes. I mean, there's none near me, so I have to kind of go out of my way to get there. So I I try to go there at least maybe two or three times a, a season when the pumpkin comes out. But uh, last year, I, I think I had my full like the first week. I was like, yeah, pumpkin's back. And then after that first week, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I think I maybe had it once or twice through the rest of the pumpkin season. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, I will not try to make that same mistake this year, but I'm excited for pumpkin to come back. All right. Uh, I'm excited that it's not 100 degrees anymore. That's true. Um, And hopefully it doesn't come back either. No, man. It's still possible, right? We've got more of August and September. It can get hot in September, too. Uh, up here in the Northeast, but uh, yeah, I'm happy for that. Even though you know it's funny that NXT heat wave is tonight, but it's not a heat right. wave in the Northeast anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, damn, I forgot they they brought back heat wave. And that's they're not going to probably acknowledge the history behind heat wave, at least far as we remember, because that's that's ECW show, right? And just using right. it and repurposing it. I mean, it's a great um, wrestling name for it's a that, great you wrestling know? name. Like... You're right. <laughs> heat wave is like a no brainer. Yeah, you had uh, Hardcore Heaven, too. It was pr- pretty, ac- pretty like, apropos for ECW. That was I a great like, name. I did so. like November to Remember. I don't know why they did that, but I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it it's, it gives you, like, a sense of themed shows that Eric Bischoff loved, and he would talk about his themed shows for WCW. And I don't know. I'm a sucker for that. I guess you know, growing up with Survivor Series and SummerSlam, those were literally themed shows. And uh, then getting into WCW in the mid '90s to late '90s with Halloween Havoc and uh, you know that Spring, Spring Stampede, Stampede, even like uh, you know, I was big fans of that. Yeah, Fall Brawl, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Bash at the Beach, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's summer. Yeah, that's summery. Great American Bash was a better name. They didn't need two batches back-to-back. still don't know why they did that. uh, Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Before we get into our deep dive, we got to fulfill our promise to our good patron, the good brother, Chris Johnson, as he's going to make a cameo on the show talking about his thoughts 
on NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Take it away, Chris. What's going on, Stray Shooters? Chris Johnson back again with my thoughts on NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 Deep Dive you guys are about to get all into. Uh, 2018, let's see, I was 32 watching this show, like most people, with the Black and Gold Era NXT. Oh, great, fantastic stuff. First match of the night, the Undisputed Era, represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, against Mustache Mountain, comprised of Tyler Bay and Trent Seven for the NXT Tag Titles. There were a lot of tag team maneuvers early on in this match. Trent Seven with the fake uh, knife edge chopping to a DDT was a pretty cool spot. Tyler Bay showed his strength off a few times during this match with the uh, airplane spin and the swing on the uh, Undisputed Era. Um, you know, UE worked on Tyler Bate's left knee throughout the match as well. Trent Seven T's throwing in the tile while Bate was in the heel hook with uh, that was put on by Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly ended up kicking out a seven-star Larry and the burning hammer. Uh, the UE retained the tag titles with the high-low attack on Trent Seven. I thought it was a great tag team match to open the show. Afterwards, we get the surprise of the War Raiders attacking O'Reilly and Strong afterwards. Second match of the night was EC3 and Velveteen Dream. For me, I was a fan of both these guys, and I was looking forward to this match probably the most on this entire show. EC3's power was on display in this match early on, and the match changed. Kind of took a screeching halt, if you will, um, when Velveteen Dream hit EC3 with a twisting DDT on the steel rampway. Dream focused on EC3's head and neck. Velveteen Dream ended up getting the win after he hit EC3 with a Dream Valley driver on the apron and an elbow top from the top rope as well. thought the match was pretty good, but I felt like we got robbed of a really, really good match because of EC3 getting dinged up after the DDT on the ramp. Third match of the show was Adam Cole and Ricochet for the NXT North American Championship. Ricochet hit a big dropkick on Cole as he attempted a leapfrog uh, early on in the match. Cole would work on Ricochet's neck with a big neckbreaker and Oshigoroshi, which uh, Ricochet kicked out of it too. Ricochet hit a Fosbury flop over the top rope when he looked like a, he just basically did a backflip over the rope landing on Cole. Cole, that was an awesome spot. Ricochet attempted a moonsault from the top rope. Cole moved, but Ricochet adjusted to hit his standing shooting stars press and a corkscrew moonsault, moonsault excuse me, for a near fall. Cole would counter. A attempted handspring back elbow ricochet into a backstabber. Cole would then, shortly later on, super kick ricochet after a springboard moonsault attempt connected right on the side of his face. Uh, the dope series of strikes that led to Adam Cole falling onto ricochet for a near fall. Ricochet would then hit a running hurricane runner from inside the ring onto Adam Cole outside of the ring hitting the floor. Ricochet would then win the North American title hitting a 630 splash on Cole. Thought it was a fantastic match. I had one of the best matches of the night and one of the best matches of Black and Gold in 2018. Next match of the night, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane for the NXT North American title. Uh, Sane would counter Baszler's offense early on. Baszler would target Kyrie Sane's right knee. Sane hit Baszler with a nasty back fist and then two diving neck breakers in a row. Baszler hit a step up knee on Kyrie Sane and then a gut red suplex from the second rope. Sane would then later on hit the interceptor onto Baszler, and then an insane elbow right to her back, and then a second one, but Baszler kicked out at two. The end of the match came when Kyrie Sane reversed the Kirifuda clutch into a pin on Baszler to win the NXT North American the women's title. Excuse me, I thought it was a pretty good match. And the main event of the evening, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship in Vaughn's favorite match, Last Man Standing. 
This is one of the best, if not the best, rivalry in the history of NXT. Gargano attacked Champa during his intro. Uh, a lot of early action outside of the ring. Champa sent was sent flying over the announce table by Gargano. Shortly after, Champa would hit Gargano with an air raid crash through the Spanish announce table. Uh, Gargano hit Champa in the knee with a chair as he attempted a running knee in the corner. Gargano would also then hit Champa with the lawn dart into the corner where a chair was propped up after being in a sleeper multiple times that Champa put on him. Champa would later then hit three German suplexes, multiple chair shots, and three Project Champas on Gargano only to get a 9 count, not a 10 count. Gargano attempted a cannonball on Champa to the outside. He missed. Splat on the floor. Champa would hit the fairy tale landing onto the steel steps. Gargano got up at the count of nine. Gargano hit Champa with a slingshot DDT onto the wood in the ring that was exposed by Champa early on. A little flashback to the match they had in Chicago with a street fight. Champa hit Gargano with a running knee with the support of a steel chair, taking Gargano through the barricade. Then put tossed a whole bunch of stuff on Gargano, but only Gargano would stay down for a nine count. Gargano would super kick Champa through two tables down to the concrete floor shortly after. Champa hand, was handcuffed to the stage by Gargano, ate multiple super kicks. Match came to an end when Gargano hit a running knee on Champa, but then his knee hit a looked like a case, and then he landed on top of a table. Champa would get up to his feet at nine, but Gargano could not get up to answer the 10 count so champa will retain the nxt championship fantastic match great main event great show overall one of the best shows that one of the best takeovers i've ever seen personally straight shooters appreciate y'all letting me give my thoughts again on another event uh the best wrestling podcast out in the world if you go if you guys don't know you need to listen to these guys check them out y'all stay safe up in philly catch you guys next time peace thanks again to the good brother chris johnson for your patronage, thanks again for the love. And you could be like Chris and have yourself a cameo on the show talking about some content. All you got to do is go head over to patreon.com slash shooters radio, pay the nominal fee, put in your request, and we shall fulfill that thing. We got this one this week. Next week, we're going to have SummerSlam 2002, another Patreon request. And you can do the same thing. Again, patreon.com slash shooters radio it's a good thing we're talking about the timing could not be better as far as uh what we're deep diving into here tonight because again heat wave is tonight for nxt 2.0 but for black and gold nxt 1.0 1.5 whatever you want to call it <laughs> we're diving into a time where that black and gold brand was rolling on all cylinders not like today where things are a little bit different. We need the return <laughs> of the black and gold. Like if it was, if it was a a special back in 2018, it was a called takeover, and it was going to be in an arena. This is just a USA special tonight. Things yeah. have changed for NXT. Yeah, and I was excited at first for this NXT 2.0 about a year ago now, in September. Um, you know, I was like, okay, like clearly the black and gold version of Triple H's NXT wasn't working in terms of ratings. So a, a change seemed uh, to make sense. I mean, many of the changes Vince McMahon makes it do not make sense. But this one, I was like, okay, like maybe, you know, it, my whole theory was anyone that they started creating in NXT when they were moved up to the main roster would not fall as flat as 
the guys that Triple H had, you know, like Ricochet, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, those guys that will get up, call up to the main roster and just not do much. And even if they do win matches or win titles, it's never important. It was never important to Vincent Mann to, to make them. So I thought maybe that change in NXT would help the main roster, and it just it never happened. And then here we are today. A lot of stuff has happened in the past year. Uh, Vincent Mann's gone. So uh, I don't know if we'll see that return to this NXT that we're going to cover, which was a great wrestling product. But, you know, I, I mean, what we need to see, honestly, is the yellow ropes and the black canvas and all that. Like, that, we need to see that back. First and foremost, superstars come yeah, next. I mean, that would be the most <laughs> obvious, just like kind of F you to Vince that your place could do, right? It would be completely reverting NXT back to black and gold, which almost makes me think he's not going to do that. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> Even though exactly. he's kind of reversed some of what he's, you know, what he's done. Like he's brought back talent that Vince let go, right? Like that's reversing some of that stuff. But it, if Triple H went as far as to revert NXT back to black and yellow, or black and gold, that would be yeah, like, that's man, that's a. I would love it. That would be that would be great. That'd be <laughs> fantastic television, right? I but mean, it just looked cool. You know, the yellow ropes, man. I'm a mark for them. Shotgun Saturday Night NXT. Where and they the don't have the black mat no more. Yeah. Like what? Come on. That's what set it apart. It's a staple. It's part of a difference, but let's go back to that time. A time only four years ago, but it seems so, so damn long ago. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it like really I, seems I forgot so long a lot ago. of this stuff that happened as I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> let's go back and deep dive into NXT TakeOver Brooklyn number four. History. Is written by the winners. Wait a minute! Johnny Gargano! A history where one moment what the hell? can forever change its course. Johnny Gargano's obsession with Tommaso Ciampa cost Aleister Black the NXT Championship. It is a history with a promise of redemption. The NXT Championship will now be decided in a triple threat match. Can be stolen in the blink of an eye. But when the legacy of a champion is victory through corruption, how can the noble triumph in the face of evil? As the devious declare their power through hubris. If you're lucky, you may be able to bask in the experience. How can the tormented? Kyrie, I have killer instinct. You don't. Excel amidst the wicked. Ricochet is not special. Adam Cole is special. And the Undisputed Era continues to prove our dominance over this entire NXT roster. time for talking has ceased. The time to fight has come. I know it. I'm Cole. He is hiding behind that title. You know it. It's not about tricks up your sleeve. That's what Undisputed Era use. You're looking at the next North American champion. Did you see what happened to the Royal Albert Hall? It's the same thing's gonna happen at TakeOver. I will beat you. 
All it takes is one moment to turn the tide. In Brooklyn, on NXT's grandest stage, which superstars will make history? This is my NXT now! The only reason you're NXT champion is because of me. Once again, Johnny Gargano loses, and I win. This is not your NXT. Now we'll all still breathe it. Love it. Love it. Love it. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 took place on August 18th, 2018. Is this the most recent show we've dove into? We've dived into? I, I probably. Um, we've live commentated, obviously, but that's not the yeah. same as a deep dive. So, right. Uh, twenty. I don't remember doing any twenty twenties or twenty nineteens. No, definitely so. haven't done any twenty twenties. <laughs> We're not going back. Uh, and then we haven't. We I know we've done WrestleMania in twenty seventeen. Yeah, that might have been the next closest. Yeah, but that's it. So this is the most recent show we've discussed in depth. Mm-hmm. And this show, of course, emanated from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Of course, that's in the name. The, t- that's the where, show's t- name. You know, yeah, that's where Ben Brooklyn. Simmons doesn't play basketball. Yeah, not yet, at least. <laughs> what I saw a story. I forget where they said that they're going to sell um, pieces of his Nets game one uniform. It's like, what? Game one? What do you mean, game one? <laughs> what you talking about, Willie? What? What you talking about? Like, you going to sell that fit he had on the sideline, the blue Some... jacket with the orange pants? You going to sell pieces of that? <laughs> Somebody else wearing his uniform in, like, the G League or something? I don't, I don't know, man. That's I what I saw somewhere. On. I don't know if that's true or not, but it'd be wild if that was true. It was true. Was that there was a big old crowd at the Barclays Center <laughs> yeah. on this night, right? I couldn't from, tell probably from the from the lighting, but it's kind of what made NXT unique in that time yeah. period. They they tried to set themselves apart down there, and it was fourteen thousand six hundred and seventy six people in attendance for the developmental show. This right. is, you know, there's no AW yet, so NXT is pretty much drawing the second best numbers in the country as far as wrestling. <laughs> On a on a semi regular basis, they were doing this as and the feds are coming for somebody. My goodness uh, gracious, they're coming for Trump too. Like <laughs> the boys are out here in West Philly. Man, uh, but again, by this Summer's point, crazy. by this point, NXT takeovers were pretty widely regarded as some of the best wrestling shows annually on the wrestling calendar. I mean, NXT takeover Philly. Earlier in 2018, had the best match I had ever seen in person, still to this day, in Johnny Gargano versus Andrade for the NXT Championship. But that's not all. You got Shinsuke versus Sammy in 2016. What about yeah. Adam Cole's debut at the TakeOver Brooklyn from the year before mm-hmm. in 2017? What about Finn Balor debuting at the Demon at the TakeOver? Kevin Owens turning on Sami Zayn after he won the NXT yeah. Championship. Those were even at the full sale ones. I'm not even talking about the big arena ones. There's still just so many memorable moments from takeovers, which only had started about three years prior, <laughs> four years prior when the WWE Network started. Mm-hmm. 
in four years, this is a short, pretty short time. There's already some legendary moments that happened at them. They yeah. only happen a couple times a year, so you had time mm-hmm. to anticipate them too. You yeah, know, it's like you had to wait for the next one. I remember being really uh, excited for the first one that would air on the network. I think that was the end of 2014, maybe. Yeah, I think uh, no, that was a fir- that was early 2014. It was in 2014. I know that. That was early um, 2014. That was like in February. I don't, maybe I didn't watch it live. I don't remember. But uh, quickly became, it's like, okay, well, the WWE main roster product's not great, but uh, you, you should get the network just for NXT. And that became like a rallying cry quite yeah. soon after the network launch. It's like, yo, know, like, I get it. You know, like the product right now, but for the old stuff and even NXT, it's a must have. And yeah. They, it was, they were right, especially when NXT was one hour. It was just like a great, great show. Yeah, it was widely or typically, you know, one of WWE Network's most watched shows on a regular basis because it was an hour. It's easy, easily to watch, e- much easier to watch than Raw, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it was the best wrestling show on television at that point, right? But if there's one event that was... Pretty much NXT's WrestleMania, even at one point they called it the grandest stage, it was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. That's because Brooklyn, of course, was the site of the very first TakeOver outside of the comfy confines of Full Sail, where they had pretty much all their shows outside of the ones they would take around, you know, mm-hmm. take on the road sometimes. But all their televised shows were at Full Sail University. This is not only a big arena now at the Barclays Center, it's also in New York City. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you can run a big arena a whole bunch of different places in the country, but it's different when you're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's the home turf, kind of, you know, it's not Madison Square Garden, but home city of the, the whole promotion of WWE, right? NXT had never been on such a big stage on its own before. That show back in 2015, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one, that show had to deliver and it did so in spades. Oh, yeah. One day we'll cover that show in, in full, go into the detail. Hopefully sooner than later. Yes. Come on, Patreon. Yes. But go into details about what made that particular show so special. Um, so, yeah. We got 20. We, we're talking about Brooklyn 4, but we'll gladly talk about the first innings to take over Brooklyn <laughs> if you, you know, want to go on Patreon and request that. But... What I'll say right now, though, is that that show in 2015 has such an impact. It hit so hard. Is that it really is really where the show is the show where NXT will pull out all of their all of their stops at, including Cole's debut the year prior. Now, his debut also at the time pretty much set the stage or reset the course for NXT as a brand at that point, because now gone were reliable vets like Shinsuke Nakamura and Drew McIntyre and Samoa Joe and Robert Roode. And in was the new blood of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, the Street Profits. Oh, and let's not forget about the guys from NXT UK who was also filtering in here and there. And yeah, I'll even mention Velveteen Dream because even though he is a creep, yes, but at that point, he was among a batch of talent that was, they were deep on that roster in NXT. Okay. He was a, and he was a major part of the show. And that show was on fire at this point. 
okay? And it just got me to thinking, like, how in the world could Vince McMahon look at this product <laughs> from NXT and go through this roster of all of these people, future stars, like they, they're, they should be main eventing or they are main eventing today, right? He looked at this roster, this, this group of guys and gals they had in NXT in 2018 and was like, nah, I'm good. Bring back Brock. <laughs> like where Brock at? <laughs> hey, hey, Bray Wyatt, dress up as a clown. We'll use, we'll, you, we'll do that. Oh, you got Goldberg's number. Bring him back. What? That's right. You you weren't a big Bray guy. No, so, not the Fiend. Uh, and the rumors are that are, are running rampant. Oh, I've heard them. Yeah. So and look, we'll if it's if he, he returns, I'm not a Fiend guy. No, hmm. I'm not a supernatural Bray Wyatt guy. No. <laughs> I'm the cult leader, backwoods swamp cult leader guy, Bray Wyatt fan. That's that's who I'm a fan of. When he's based in reality, but that's just me. But yeah, how 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 does Vince McMahon look at this roster and be like, Nah, I'm good. He he's like, This is too much great wrestling, and I hate it. And that's <laughs> that's what it but was. But that great wrestling was putting more butts in seats than any other promotion in the world, not named like New Japan or AAA or CMLL. <laughs> like, there were no other promotions in the world outside of those that were putting 14,000 people in, a, in an arena in a major city. <laughs> like, how many, how many promotions were doing that? In 2018, I should say. Ring of Honor wasn't doing it. No, they weren't. They did it that one time in 2019 at MSG, but even that was mainly off of the, the, the like, backs of, like, the elite. Like, they yeah. thought, everybody thought Kenny Omega was going to be there and the Young Bucks, and then they weren't. <laughs> but I think that was a well-orchestrated plan by everyone involved. Hey, I, I can't speak to that. <laughs> All I know is that that show was announced when they were still affiliated with Ring of Honor, and then that show happened, and they no longer were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I do know, right? And again, this is pre-AEW. So there's no other three letters that drew more than WWE United States. The only one that was even in remotely in their ballpark was NXT. But the amount of hubris in someone like Vince like Vince has, it knows no bounds. Okay? None. The amount of hubris someone like Vince has knows no bounds. That because only that and arrogance. Those are the only things that can make you go, I can make that better. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you see this dope yeah. roster and this deep and it's got exciting talent and, like, the refreshing talent. I can make them all better. Hey, Ricochet, here comes some gunshot sounds in your music, see? Right? It's going to pew, pew, and then you're going to come out, right? All right, Alice the Black, you're going to get a creaking noise in your entrance, okay? You're going you're gonna, to, eh, like, people, because <laughs> people can hear that in an arena full of people, right? It's real, oh, rickety wood we, we're putting you on for your entrance. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, hey, Shayna, you're going to bite somebody. Remember that when she debuted? <laughs> she, like, bit Becky Lynch in the back of the neck? Ugh. What? And it, it irritates me because I watch these AD biographies and these rival rival episodes on AD and they talk about what a great creative genius Vince is. And I was like, maybe back then. Yeah, not anymore. But like it was clear even he even fumbled the bag then on certain things. And it just got worse as you know, we moved into 
2000s the 2010s and now 2018 uh 2020 2021 where it's just it whatever he did didn't work like i guess the best thing was roman reigns allowing him to turn heel but like how much yeah, he that just is really said, Vince? He just said, okay. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, so, like, Roman much... was like, hey, I want to be me now. <laughs> all right? If I'm going to come yeah. back and during the pandemic, just let me do what I want. And he's like, all right, man. I'll let you do what you want. I need you. I need you, Roman. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> <like>, all right. <laughs> here, here I am. And it's worked out. And now when Roman Reigns comes out and puts up one finger, the whole crowd does it with him. <laughs> if anything. Despite him being a heel. Yeah, and and if anything, NXT has shattered the myth that Vince McMahon's a creative genius. So, yeah, I just in in reality, man. in reality, all Vince had to do was supply the platform known as WWE Television. Yeah, and from there he could just set it and forget it. The talent would take care of the rest, bro. Let your people do what they do best. You know, let your your creative people come up with the bomb creative, and let your talent come up with the bomb matches, and you got a winner. The company's cup runneth over with talent at this point. It should have never been easier to produce quality television. <laughs> like, I mean, these takeovers were anticipated a lot more than their pay-per-views. So much preceded. more. So. For multiple years, too. Yeah, exactly. We talked about on this podcast in 2015, 16, 17, being like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care nothing about so-and-so but i'm watching takeover exactly. and then you could insert any show name in that i just i just said so-and-so i could have said wrestlemania i could have said survivor series i could have said SummerSlam. didn't matter yeah i'm here for takeover this weekend that's gonna be the best show like it was like a known thing that the developmental territory is going to outdo the main roster and then they would do it <laughs> like all the time yep. including on this night Honestly, I don't remember SummerSlam in 2018, so I can't speak was that to that. Fatal like four way, maybe. So, the Braun and Brock and Roman and who would the other guy be? I think that was that would have been Samoa Joe. Was that 2017 oh, or 2018? That is 2017. Was that 2017? That was 2017. That was when that was the same year as Great Balls of oh, Fire. So this must have just been. Uh, this was just Roman Brock and Brock and Roman again. When Roman when Braun had the money in the bank, and then Roman just beat Brock. And we thought that would be the end of it. Right, Roman <laughs> beat, <we> yeah. <laughs> Roman beat Brock. Yes, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> they air a commercial for that uh, once in a lifetime match in SummerSlam 2018. <laughs> um, <laughs> John Cena and The Rock had less matches than Brock and Roman, <laughs> right? Yeah. And nobody asked for them. <laughs> but instead of producing quality television Vince McMahon produced the same old crappy TV he'd been producing for at least a decade and either devalued or ran off a lot of talented people in the process but thank you Vince right like that's what everybody was saying when he retired quote unquote (laughs) thank you Vince thank you for what bro thank you for what look all the talent he'd ran off or didn't like I said devalued right but we gotta put a pause on it here at least for a second, to realize that there is a new day as well, that, you know, Triple H realizes that the level of talent he had put built up by this point. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just indie talent. He, this is a people that he had cultivated in the performance center, like Bianca Belair, like Montez Ford, um, even Shayna Baszler, 
right? Even though she's an MMA, but she wasn't a wrestler, right? Yeah. Vince should have saw this group as a gold mine. All of those people are, like I said, are capable of main events in any promotion. Adam Cole is going to be in the main event of AEW at some point. Very soon. He's going to be probably challenging for the world title at some point next year. Maybe this year. Like, they're right back at it again as a main event group. The whole group. Right? Instead, like I said, Cole, O'Reilly, Fish, Alistair Black, all gone. They're all gone. And so was WWE's depth as a a result. And you see now with the signings he's made lately, Triple H is clearly looking to to rebuild. The depth. Because you got to have depth. <laughs> you got to have depth. Yeah. What would make you think that depth isn't good? Like, you just, we don't need depth right now. We just, we're just a skeleton, skeleton crew yeah. for this multi billion dollar business. I'm like, what? You have someone that's already uh, in a way that's, uh, I don't want to say cemented as a personality, but somebody that's ready. Um, that's why you build them week after week in case somebody gets an injury and they go down and you, you can plug them in and have less of a hiccup than you would if you have to rebuild somebody from scratch just to fill that void that the injury leaves. Like, And that just seems like what would happen with Vince. Like, he would just cycle these guys in whenever somebody would get hurt. And then it would just be like, what? how am I going to take this guy seriously after the last year and a half, two years of <laughs> the BS, you know? Like, right. So it, the Triple H, I don't think, will do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. We'll see. We'll see. Time is still. I will say though, uh, Raw this past Monday was a damn good show. Like the wrestling, mm-hmm. damn good. Which is, for the most part, is usually the case, right? The t- the roster usually out wrestles the booking, right? But even the booking was like, I didn't hate anything they did. <laughs> like I understood everything. <laughs> yeah. Easy um, to follow. You don't have to question, like, what the hell? <laughs> right. And think about that for a whole week before the next week. You're going, you know, <laughs> what the hell? Like, like it, it, or just wait till Friday. You're, yeah, you're rewarded from watching. And that's literally the bare minimum we want as a wrestling viewer. The, the way they built up that U.S. title match. Yeah. Man, without even having either guy. I don't remember either guy cutting a promo, right? Did they cut a promo during the show? Maybe backstage, but, um, yeah, I don't think they did. But like, definitely the, not in the, the ring, ring like, but. Classic Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre type promo, right? Which was great. But like, I didn't, I didn't even mind the DQ in that because like, you're not gonna beat Drew, right? And Kevin shouldn't be beat right now. He just like, kind of rechristened himself as the old Kevin Owens, so you can't just beat him right now. Vince would have beat Kevin Owens, <laughs> All right? Vince would have whatever he got to do to make Drew McIntyre look good for a clash at the castle. He would have done it, which would have meant Claymore kick to Kevin Owens and then the Usos attack or <laughs> something like that. But it's just that little detail that helps keep everybody in a good spot. Good job. These four one show. But let's get back to 2018. And we start off that show with Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGinnis, and Percy Watson. Well, Mauro come back. <laughs> yeah, Mauro Ronaldo, man. Introducing us to a packed house in Brooklyn. And yeah, Morrow, I mean, here's a guy who was, I mean, damn good. It, it was so, his his run in WWE was so wild because it's like, mm. he felt like he was underappreciated at times. 
to me, at least by the fans, like, for one, WWE did allow him to get bullied and then demoted him to NXT instead of, like, you know, demoting JBL or something like that, right? <laughs> and we, I remember we had a long discussion about that at the, at the time, yeah. and we didn't know yeah. all the details, but as time has gone on, it seems like he just got bullied. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what it seems like, right? But when he went to NXT, he thrived there because he was away from Vince McMahon. Go figure. But even the fans turned on him a little bit. They started knocking him for, oh, he makes too many rap references, or sometimes he needs to tone it down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Too much excitement. The mama me. The people were knocking that a little bit. Yeah, he talks about pop culture too much. Right, like, what the hell? Like he's just Damn. trying to relate like real life in a way. Like you mean we don't hear on WWE commentary. Right. So, he tries like, to I, be he tries to be hip. Yeah. Heaven forbid <laughs> he tries to talk about pop culture. No, they're too busy listening to, like, Avenged Sevenfold, I guess. I don't know. No disrespect to Avenged Sevenfold. They got good songs. <laughs> but, damn. I, I like Avenged Sevenfold a little bit. I, I, I listen mm-hmm. to a little bit. That might sound surprising to some people. I guess wrestling helped me with that. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but then he left. Mauro Ronaldo left WWE. And people quickly realized... That, oh, maybe it wasn't Morrow. It was Vince McMahon's style is so whack and it hinders his announcers. Because <laughs> the, the the announcing didn't change. The announcing didn't get better when Morrow left. Now you miss Morrow. Right. Now you're like, damn, I wish we had Morrow Nalo. Yeah. He was so good. <laughs> like, he had personality. I remember when I first He made those heard, pop culture references. I heard his voice watching this. I was like, oh, yeah, like Morrow. And it was almost like a soothing uh voice of NXT, you know, that I miss because he was there for some of the greatest moments. It was damn and, good, man. Like, at, it's just not the same, even notwithstanding the shift from black and gold to what it is now, but uh, even when Mauro left, they just never were able to re- replicate that in terms of commentary, but that's probably because Vince was like, do it this way. <laughs> you know, right. everyone likes saying he didn't pay attention to NXT. I think he did. I think he did a little too much, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but Morrow, for those who don't know, still calling boxing and MMA for Showtime and Bellator, respectively. Because, like I was saying during his time at WWE, he's really, really good at what he does. Okay? There's a reason why Showtime and Bellator are paying him. Because he's nice. <laughs> and WWE had him, and they messed it all up. Let him <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> all right? Shout out to Mauro Ronaldo. But yeah. back in July, though, I found a story from, I think, I believe it was Wrestling Inc. that quoted a Dave Meltzer tweet and said that his Mauro Ronaldo's management had spoken to AEW, quote-unquote, sometime back. Again, this is in July. So there's no telling what that actually means, how long of a time that was, you know, what time, sometime back, how, how far back are we talking here, or if anything came of those talks. But I would... Welcome a return, a Mauro Ronaldo return to wrestling. Yes. Just putting it out there because he's really good at what he does, and he brings a a voice that you we don't have in wrestling right now. We don't have – I like I like – um, was it Jimmy Smith on uh, Raw? Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Smith? I'll, I'll just get his first name. I know his last name is Smith. Yeah. Jimmy Smith, the most original name that you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> he's good, though. 
But he's also another announcer that has outside experience. He, yeah, he's better than you know Adnan Verk. He's better than Mike Adamley. He's better well, yeah. than so many of the others they've had. Yeah, so he's but, he he was good enough. I guess he was good enough to adapt to whatever Vince McMahon's style was. But like, mm-hmm. he's still like I said that these outside announcers are really good, man. They, enjoy them while they're here, because some people come and they totally hear the Vince's style and it ain't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> but fortunately, Vince isn't there anymore, so. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta worry about that. You know, I'm I'm sure Triple H has probably reached out tomorrow at least, uh, to try to get him, kind of feel him out if he wants to return at some point because uh, he would be a great soundtrack on uh, maybe not Raw or SmackDown, but yeah, why not NXT or another, you know, type of program? I don't know. I just like hearing his voice. I I don't know what people have against his voice, but for me, I just enjoyed it, especially oh. with NXT. Mar was great. Mar was great, um, but also he was joined by two pretty good announcers in their own right. Nigel McGuinness, I think, is a great analyst. He was, um, and he's only doing NXT UK and NXT level up now. But I really like Nigel McGuinness on NXT, like the prop this NXT how, proper. If you're a listener out there, this is how you know Vaughn does his homework. Because I had no clue he was on NXT level <laughs> up or any any of that. So. That's yeah, I've never watched NXT pull. Level Up, but I know he's on there. <laughs> and it's it's Level Up. You got, like, there's no E's. Oh in yeah, there, the right? LVL. Yeah, so. no no vowels. They don't want no vowels. All consonants <laughs> in level. So stupid. Um, and uh, but as far as Percy Watson, who I also thought was pretty good, I thought this whole trio was pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, and you know I don't like trios. Right. Um, but I thought Percy Watson. You know, he carried his weight as well. I'm not sure what he's been up to since he left WWE in 2019, uh, though. No clue. Uh, I think last I saw, he's getting into acting, but that's... Oh, wow. I haven't seen or I looked for well, some I stuff, didn't not, see anything. I know it's not football, because if it was, you would have been on that. Well, yeah, of course. So I mean, not, come on now. not into football. I would have knew the first time he got picked up or signed by somebody. Somebody <laughs> gave him an offer, I would have realized. I would have <laughs> knew about it. Um, But yes, I thought this tandem, this trio, I should say, not a tandem, that's only two people. I thought this trio uh, was, and they called a, a very good time in NXT as well. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, you know, they had some really good matches and really, really good storylines to call during their time together. It was a really good time for NXT. Um, but now, it is time for the evening's first match. It is for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Oh, we got the white got ropes. The undis- was that white ropes? We got, we got the white ropes. Love it. Okay. With the black canvas, just for takeovers only. It was a great, great aesthetic. I miss it, man. I almost forgot that they changed the ropes for takeovers. takeovers. <laughs> How do you not remember that, man? I just don't remember, bro. I don't. If for whatever reason, ropes and like maybe like ring aprons are just a blind spot for me. Wow. Even though, of course... I can see it. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> they didn't even have the uh, LED uh, ring aprons for this one, probably because oh, of they what did not. Johnny and Tommaso did to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to tear up the whole damn ring. <laughs> um, But, yes, it's NXT Tag Team titles. It is the Undisputed Heiress, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, defending against Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, collectively known as Mustache Mountain. 
Not you know, Mustache Mountain, obviously. Mustache Mountain. Gotcha. Um, first thoughts I have is for one, I miss Undisputed Era's NXT theme music. It was dope. And unfortunately, they're all gone except for Roderick Strong. <laughs> He's just yeah. still hanging out in WWE. Even his wife got released by WWE. He's still there. I'm not sure for how much longer, but he is still there. Um, again, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, they were dope. But seeing them made me think of Pete Dunne. And it's like, man, I really hope he comes back soon as Pete Dunne. Not this butch nonsense. This is stupid. Again, Vince McMahon. The one thing I thought was not as bad as others was butch. I think that's hilarious. It is hilarious. But, like, <laughs> he had so much more potential he as did. Pete Dunne. He did. But Butch again, is a Butch I, has a shelf life as a character. I don't think, and this is I'm saying this straight, strictly from Vince's vision. Like, you can't picture Pete Dunne in a in a main event of like a pay per view because of his size. And that's why I think Vince did that. But under Triple H, you know, hopefully that shift happens to where we can yeah. envision somebody like Pete Dunne in a main event of a pay per view. There's a lot of chatter. I'm sorry, a premium live event. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of chatter on Twitter this week about Butch going back to Pete Dunne. (laughs) Yes, people are trying to will it into existence. Let's do it, though. They have done it with Butch. They have had it with Butch. Let's do it, bro. They know Triple H bringing back Karrion Cross and Dexter Loomis and And Hit Row, by the way. Hit Row's back. Hit Row is back? Come on, bro. He's putting the squad back together. (laughs) I was like, Hit Row's back. He putting the squad back together, and I, and I realized this week I did, did not know that Hit, Hit Row was originally just a trio. It was really just the three people that's in it now, and and Swerve got added to it after the fact, right. uh, after they had already teamed up, so, which was a smart decision by Triple H, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this guy who's hip and black and young, and you got these three other black and hip and young people over here, they kind of got the same aesthetic going. Put them all together. <laughs> let's make it a let's make it a real full fleshed out act, not just a tag team. And it worked. And now they're just back to being a tag team with B Fab, and it's still gonna work because they're a good tag team and they need depth on the tag team division. Good job. Which by Quality the way, signing. tag teams mean something again, magically the last let's, few weeks. Let's keep, let's keep it going. So, yeah. But Wonder Pete if they'll Dunn. bring back WWE's most wanted treasures now. <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't, I don't. I don't need that. I'm not asking for that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not trying to stop anybody else's money from coming in. You know, I know Top Dollar might want his money, get another check, but I don't. I I, I don't need it. <laughs> no, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for Pete Dunn, the Bruiserweight. He's badass. All right. I want we him got, back. We got the Prize Fighter back and Kevin Owens. Let's exactly. get the Bruiserweight back and Pete Dunn. Making the Bruiserweight back. That, that's who Triple H used in NXT. He didn't yeah. know Butch. He came over. He he <laughs> Pete Dunn. That's who I'm using. And he's gonna break people's you know fingers Just keep the every butch, week. Put it, put put it in his middle name, Pete Butch Dunn. No, 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 no. Get rid not of Butch. That? We're not doing Butch. Not, not no, no, no more Butch. Okay. No, 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 no. That's just Vince McMahon's silly character that had a shelf life. Where the hell can you go with Butch? Pete Butch. Where, where, how far can you go with Butch, really? Butch Dunn. Like, he dresses like a Peaky Blinder. He <laughs> he has the attitude of Scrappy Doo. Where can you go with this guy? No, 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 no. Uh, Pete Dunn. By the way, I watched that whole series of Peaky Blinders in like a month. Pretty good. The whole series? It. Damn, I've yeah. watched it for like three I years was, and I still haven't finished it. I came back from work. I just put it on, watched like three or four episodes a night. <laughs> Damn. That's a great yeah. show, though. It is. It's a great show. 
at one point early on in the match, Mauro Ronaldo mentioned that Roderick Strong was trained by Jim Neanville Neidhart, ah. which I did not know. Yeah. Uh, but Jim Neanville Neidhart unfortunately passed away five days before the show. Hmm. Um, but also, I didn't know that Roderick Strong is apparently a second-generation wrestler. And his dad trained under Jimmy Anvil Nightheart. <laughs> yeah, about that. So there's that. I had no idea. Hmm. So, uh, but Tyler Bate, he man, the level of talent yeah. from some of these people on this show, I'm just gonna Is gush he over still it signed, throughout. By the way? I have Bates no still, idea, man. Like I should have looked this up before while I while I was watching, but I have I, no I remember idea. Watching just like you, I was like, man, I miss that guy. There's so much talent on this show. And people doing just ridiculous things. Like Tyler Bate swinging Roderick Strong while Kyle O'Reilly is on his back. I mean, he's the current NXT UK champion. So he's, Tyler Bate? Yeah, he's been relegated to NXT UK. Well, so that's why we don't see or hear about him. <laughs> that, no, that's true. <laughs> you don't see or hear about him. What uh, uh, what was it? Stokely Hathaway say? Like, he put somebody on the FBI watch list, something like yeah. that, send him to NXT UK or whatever it was. <laughs> you don't want to be found. <laughs> don't put him on the don't put him on the NXT UK roster. So that's fair. I don't know. If, yeah, I, I guess relegated. I don't know. Um, Apparently, but, it was recent. I'm reading something from Sports Kita from July 23rd that uh, he reclaimed the title at a recent taping. So I don't even know if whatever you know aired yet. But uh, yeah, apparently somebody had to forfeit it. So that was like a oh. tournament. So Tyler Bate is the NXT UK champion. Would be nice to see him. Yeah, it's still, and I think Triple H would definitely make it happen sooner than later. It's technically vacant right now. Oh, so from I from August fourth to today. Yeah. I, so spoiler apparently. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's like Ilya. So I guess Ilya Druganov got hurt or something like that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, or that's a Dragonoff, yeah. not Juganoff. Uh, but yeah, since August 4th, according to WWE.com, it's been vacant. So, oh. so Tyler Bate is going to be a <laughs> UK, NXT UK champion at some point. I'm not writing uh, this according down, so I'm, to not, the spoilers. I'm not editing this. Stay in. <laughs> okay. That's that's according to the spoilers So, if you watch NXT there, UK, so. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are uh, probably, you can fast you forward. That. And then WrestlePurist had reported from uh, the World Obser- Wrestling Observer, sorry, not the World Observer, uh, the Wrestling Observer, that the next two sets of the NXT UK tapings were canceled, and which oh. was, uh, I guess, right after he technically won it back. So, what? Yeah, NXT's UK, UK seems to be in shambles, and nobody knows what's going on. What the hell is going on here? we got to investigate this. Because <laughs> on this show that we're watching, you know, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, we're getting commercials for NXT UK. Yeah. And like, well, yeah, it's coming, y'all. It's about to happen. Right. It's, nothing has happened yeah. in NXT UK by this point, you know, in, in, in 2018. It, they're airing commercials for it to happen. So I, was I don't excited know. for that, too, by the way. Because, you know, there were rumors that, you know, NXT Japan and NXT even South America and then thought we would have these different shows. One the WWE Network, that would be like almost like the rebirth of the independent scene or the, uh, not the independent scene, like the territories in a way. And I, so I thought they were going to start to manifest, you know, 
talent from different parts of the world into their own NXT brand before heading to WWE. I thought it was a great plan, uh, you know, and it none of that happened. <laughs> no, none of that happened. I so. think the UK was partly because UK's wrestling was buzzing at that point. Yes. And they just wanted yes. to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and if they, I don't know, I mean, we, I know we heard things about potentially expanding to multiple countries, but I'm not sure how far along or they were into right. that before the pandemic started or if that was already scrapped before the pandemic right. started. I can't remember the exact timeline on that, but I do remember hearing things like, oh, yeah, they're going to try to do Japan. They're going to try to do Mexico and India, something like that. And which, I mean, that, 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 that has its positives and its negatives, you know, yeah. Yeah. as the British UK scene, mm-hmm. uh, not the British UK, the British independent scene how they feel about NXT UK. They might not say all nice things you know, about true. it. Um, true. So that's, you know, neither here nor there. Either way, Tyler Bate, whether he's the NXT UK champion or not, <laughs> really, really talented. Awesome. Yep. He had a German suplex Roderick Strong while Kyle O'Reilly was wrapped around him yeah. like a damn anaconda on his back trying to choke him out. Still German suplex Roderick Strong. Like just crazy stuff. Didn't he? Didn't Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne have a uh, series of matches? Yes. In, in the beginning, so that was uh, for me my introduction to Pete Dunne. I had heard about Tyler Bate before Pete Dunne, so you know at this point, you know Tyler Bate. I, I had already known him well enough, and it's kind of like oh, like he's in a tag team. That kind of sucks, but I understood it because. You know, you just look at AEW now. They have, like, Keith Lee and Swerve as a tag team, and that kicks ass. They're tag team champions. So you, <laughs> you, you, like, want the best for, like, Keith Lee, big singles push, but then he's thrown into a tag team. Kind of felt the same way with Tyler Bate here. I thought he would get a great singles push, but with Trent Seven, it became one of the best tag teams on NXC, and this match pretty much proved it. Yeah, this he's, match there was... There were many spots like that, one you just said, yeah. It's just... Some like I said, some unreal talent on this show, yes. and these matches were just one after another a banger. But uh, Nigel McGinnis at one point mentioned the War Raiders during oh. the match. Oh. Said they're just out here hanging out. Remember how cool the War Raiders they used were, to be? And we, I feel like we won't bring this name, up a lot. A name change that was actually maybe cooler than the original name of War Machine. <laughs> like, yeah, War, War Machine. Raiders, yeah, War great. Machine was pretty good. But that was, of course, also the nickname of like an MMA fighter who did some terrible crime, I think mm. domestic violence thing, mm. or something like that. So they changed it from War Machine, and plus they want to own the name too. So War Raiders was like, yeah, that actually, like you said, that sounds pretty dope. And then Vince McMahon came along. Yeah, we're going to talk about Vince a lot because this, this he he deserves to be brought up for ruining some things here. Okay, some good things. Like the War Raiders, this badass tag team that's beating everybody's asses in NXT. And, of course, before that, in Ring of Honor and all sorts of other places, that's War Machine. He saw them and said, Vikings. <laughs> like, uh, Not even what? the Viking Raiders. The Viking experience. Experience. Not the Ebony experience. Not the Ebony one. Okay? This ain't Stevie Ray and Booker T. Not the Ebony experience. This is the Viking experience. This is a much different experience. What the hell? 
Triple H said, all right, War Machine, uh, War Raiders. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Like something still badass, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Get out there and beat people up. Vince said, Vikings experience. <laughs> what? You already had a name. They, they did it for you. They did the work for you. But again, hubris, arrogance. I can make it better. <laughs> That's Vince all the time. I'm going to make it better. Watch this. <laughs> Viking experience, y'all. And then, and everybody was like, no, we hate that. We hate that so much. What? What? But now they tried to rectify that by calling them, because that was a complete abomination, complete <laughs> embarrassment. Now they're the Viking Raiders. But it's still really stupid. <laughs> like, is, what? Like... He just combined... The name, one part of the name they used to have, he just, but he still had a Viking. You're a Viking Raiders now. You're like, so we're two different types of people we're, in we're one. Two, we're two NFL teams right now. Two NFL teams, two different types of people. Somewhat. Vikings raid. But what? Nobody said, here come the Viking Raiders down the hill to try to kill him. No. They're just Vikings. And they raid. Maybe you just combine the names. They're the modern day version of the Steagles. Like you said, like two <laughs> football teams. And you're like, some people are listening. Like what the hell is a Steagle? <laughs> yes. That's a thing that happened during world war two. The Eagles and the Steelers had to combine into one team because it was world war two and they became the Steagles. I'm pretty sure the Steelers combined with the Cardinals at one point too. Like back in the day, mm. like old time Stardust. black and white era football. <laughs> like the Cardinals, this is the Cardinals weren't always in Arizona. They started out, I believe, in Chicago. So, yeah. and maybe they moved to Cleveland. It's it, teams bounce around back in the day. Okay, you can look into it. <sighs> Undisputed era though. Back to this match in 2018. They work on Tyler Bates' knee. Kyle O'Reilly somehow landed a flying triangle choke, which I've Jesus, how did he do that? <laughs> like. Jumped on my man like a spider monkey. It's <laughs> all moves that we hadn't even seen like on the independent scene. If if you were paying attention to independence, like I watched some Ring of Honor shows back then. I think I even ordered. Uh, I forget what company it was. Uh, it was when Matt Riddle won their championship uh, oh, right before evolved? signing with NXT, and uh, probably evolved him right. No, it wasn't even evolved because okay. I know maybe. It could have been, because um, I don't think Evolve was technically affiliated with WWE yet at that point. Um, mm. But yeah, it was like yeah, not, I, I had seen something like I was seeing an NXT. I was like, "This is incredible!" Like, yeah, you, you were like, "That's why NXT was so good because it wasn't just the storylines that were that made wrestling sense. It was the action that you just were not going to see on the main roster or really anywhere else that was that had wrestling readily available to watch." for free <laughs> yeah yeah this was this was insane i mean like i said colorado gets that flying triangle choke but tyler Bate just picks him up yeah. and just slammed him into roderick strong while he's got trent seven in the stronghold <laughs> like and fans are just losing their minds <laughs> like yeah this is the first match in the show and people are throwing babies in there already <laughs> okay i love that throw babies in the air. That's, that's a great line and then you got Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. They're doing burning hammer with the knee drop combo. My God. Like, what are they they're just going? They're just doing stuff. 
And then Kyle O'Reilly somehow kicked out of that. It's like people are flying everywhere. Yeah. This is insanity. Despite all that, undisputed day hit the high low, and and your favorite they chant. retained. Fight forever. It's your best chant. <laughs> and AEW's name and we have a Fight great forever. football game. Play forever. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid chant. Play forever. And nobody says that nope. <laughs> ever. Nope. Uh, after the match, though, after the undisputed era retained, the War Raiders came in and beat the daylights out of them. <laughs> All right, just beat the dog, you know what, out of them. And it's like, yep, that's who I remember being the, the badasses, not the ones who were like playing, uh, doing archery with the street profits, and during the pandemic, I'm like. What were we doing? Mm. They were Viking archers. <laughs> Viking golfers. Remember that know, stuff man. they were that doing? Was, I mean, for being like going through the pandemic, I mean, that was relatively entertaining. I, guess. I got what you, so. I get you, but damn. Now you understand, <laughs> like, like, these aren't who these guys are. Why couldn't you have? But I think that's why it made it so funny. Because they were these the war raiders that were doing these things with the street profits, but uh, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever, man. This is rough times during the pandemic for everybody. But that is the end of that opening match. Now we get a commercial for Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at yeah. SummerSlam. Woohoo! Here we are four years later, and we just closed that feud, <laughs> apparently. Didn't we see blood again? Allegedly. Didn't someone get busted open again? Probably. It's a Brock Lesnar yeah. match. That happened, This is happening a lot for Brock Lesnar <laughs> matches back in 2018. I can't remember. Um, like, I, I, I guess this might be the one where he opened Reigns up with the elbow, kind of like he did to Randy Orton a few years prior. Because uh, I know like one match they had, he elbowed reins and he was like bleeding from the top of his head his face covered in blood i don't remember if that was this match or not which I, I goes remember. to show they've wrestled each other way too many times <laughs> way too many times i will say though this year's SummerSlam match between brock and roman was fantastic it was absurd <laughs> in so many great ways <laughs> it was and it, hey, it was a last man standing match. Ah. Oh, oh, yep, yep. What are we gonna talk you know about I later? Don't, you know I don't love last man standing matches. <laughs> you know I don't love those. But yep. uh, also, I noticed Roman Reigns today. Obviously, it's just miles better. <laughs> like yeah. the the tribal chief dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's another observation I like, had about it that. Felt like it, to me, it looked like he was comfortable there, but he still didn't know. Like, I don't know, man. It's hard to tell Roman Reigns in, in that time frame. Like, I, I totally thought Vince would eventually be done with him because, to me, he never gave him a fair shot at just carrying the load. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's so different just four years later. Really, it was, what, two years ago that Reigns started this whole character. So two years from 2018, you know, it's just completely different Roman Reigns and a Hall of Famer, for sure. I mean, you can make the case he's probably a Hall of Famer before that, but for I, sure I, now. I think he definitely, the last two years, definitely uh, 
Yeah. No debate. Cemented that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he cemented that for sure. Uh, but we move on. We get a look back at Alistair Black getting attacked in the most dangerous hood mm. in America. Better known as the NXT parking lot. <laughs> I do it. You, you, you walk uh, through the NXT parking lot, you better have a knife, a, a switchblade, <laughs> some mace. I don't even know why you Uzis. Would, don't even know why you'd park there. For real, it's the most dangerous place like, on earth, according it's like to the NXT. Bermuda Triangle. No, it's yeah, stay it's away, like, man. Stay far away. You got to park down the block. <laughs> I'll take an Uber. Yeah, hey, to, I'm not. In case anyone's no, no, looking look. out for my car. And you tell the Uber driver, don't pull into the lot, bro. I can just get out right here. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't or want nothing to happen right to you. To the door. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I can't walk. That's true. No, yeah, you're right. Pull me up to the door, please. Like, I want your tires on the pavement. <laughs> Do you, have you ever seen NXT? You saw what happened to Alistair Black, right? I ain't trying Show, to end up like, like him. The tweets that WWE puts out, be like, this is what happened last week, man. I ain't going to have it happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> ain't going to be me, brother. You got to pull me up to the front. <laughs> yeah, pull me up to the front. Right, and just show it, too. Just show people lay it out in the parking lot all the time. Somehow never catch these people. They got cameras everywhere. Never see it. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, of course, the attacker turned out to be Johnny Gargano. Oh. Which was kind of foreshadowed when they go from this video to Johnny Gargano (laughs) in his locker room. He's the next person you see on screen. So, a little bit of foreshadowing there. Also, this wrinkle of the story was, I don't know why I liked it. But I always liked that it was crazy ass Nikki Cross who knew who attacked Alistair Black. <laughs> like of all the people, it's crazy ass Nikki Cross who is another person. The ASH? No, 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 no. We need old, good old, crazy ass Nikki Cross back, who was the star of Sanity. That's who I need. Yes, yes. That's the star. Sanity has so much promise, and it did. Eric Young was fired two weeks later or something. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Long time ago, <sighs> but Sanity did have promise. Specifically, Nikki Cross had promise, though. To me, to me, she was the star of the group. Now, yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I think she would have. Uh, you know, she's still. I think she's shown that she can make something work. You know, that's given to her. But uh, hopefully, this ASH thing is BYE soon. No. <laughs> yeah, it can DIE right now. Okay. <laughs> LOL. But, um, yeah, get it out of here. But yeah, she is the star of that group, much like Rhea Ripley is the star of the oh, Judgment man. Day. It, and isn't that something? I, I read something a little bit ago. Somebody, you know, random tweet across my timeline that it's pretty clear they're making her look like the star of the group, I think. And I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. As, as to Clearly. Right now. like As they should. Yeah. How? What Have we seen that before? Uh, uh, a kick-ass wrestler who was added to a group and assumes leadership. You know, when Finn, Finn Balor is technically, I guess, supposed to be the leader, but the last few weeks does not feel like that at all. So No, it, very the Judgment Day started out as a showcase. It started out as a showcase for Edge, and it became a showcase, supposed to be a showcase of Finn Balor, and now it's a showcase for Rhea Ripley, and that's <laughs> how it's going to be. <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with that neither. Rhea's so. hearing this right now. Ripley is the star of the Judgment Day. She makes them 
look cool. I said that about Wrestle, oh, no, not WrestleMania, SummerSlam. It's like, we <laughs> make them look cool. She still yeah. does. She still does. But we move on to the next contest. It is EC3, friend of the show, despite all the technical <laughs> difficulties we had during that interview. He got so bad. He's that going was, against. Like, that was wild. <laughs> but he's going against the Velveteen Dream. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do we, got a lot to, do we have a lot to talk about? Uh. When he comes to Velveteen Dream. Because the kid, and that, he was so young, we can say kid pretty much. No. He had so much promise. Dude, he was a but, an, an icon in NXT. So much People promise. just loved him from a random uh, thing that it became like, say my name and Alistair, right? The Alistair Black feud, like he he finally said his name at the end, and that was like where I think Velveteen Dream became a big deal uh, to the masses, not just like the NXT crowd that would watch every week, you know, because you know, he was loved from pretty much the beginning, and then you know he he's definitely working his way up the food chain at, at this point, and man, he would have been he he definitely had it. I, I think he would have been a star on the main roster and. He's just really stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a creep. Yeah, I called just him a kid can't. earlier. He wasn't a he kid, did. actually. He's a he's a he's a grown man technically. He was like twenty. He's in his early twenties. Yeah. yeah, and he was old enough to know. Uh, definitely accused of trying to groom younger people. Yeah. So he had to go. Yep. And it's his own fault. He had so much, yeah. man. He came out with the tights and said, call me up, Vince. On screen, he could do no wrong. Fans loved him. And NXT was giving him a platform to really express himself as a performer. He looked like he had no boundaries as far as what he could do. Anytime he got in his trunks, call me up, Vince. He was just doing whatever. I go figure he was getting babyface cheers in Florida. Of all places. <laughs> Everywhere. Jeez. And he messed it all up. He had John Cena talking about he's going to be the next big thing. How amazing. Amazing. Like, he was like, it seemed like he was like just moments away from being called up. And then he messed it all up because the allegations. Damn. I don't think he's been back since. Anywhere, no, and nor he? should he. Because he messed it all up. Any independent shows? I don't even remember if he's wrestled. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, definitely you know, don't. I think I might have seen his name pop it, up here and there. He has, but yeah. it hasn't like been on a big scale. So, no, not at all, not at all. Uh, but yeah, he, there's so much promise there. Uh, so a lot of promise also with EC3, there was. which yeah, I don't. Is the return right? This is the second go round in NXT. What was it? I don't even remember. Oh, Derek Bateman. Derek Bateman, is that what it was? And then he went to Derek Impact. Bateman. I remember, you know, liking his Impact stuff. I was like, man, this guy's like pretty damn good. And he was heavyweight champion for a while and comes back to NXT. And I was like, all right, let's see what he got. And, you know, he, he did well in NXT. And then that unfortunate call-up to the main roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it does it gets everybody at some point especially because wasn't he just caught up like randomly at the end of like 2019 yeah, or whatever yeah. it was yeah it was like he was in a i think the first view of him was backstage looking at a mirror right we're like oh well you see three got called up and he, he was doing that for like weeks before we heard something him speak. like that like, yeah it was something weird like yeah. that he just got called up randomly it's just like what the hell he's just there now yeah but like Another guy who you look at him, he's got the physique, he's got charisma, but yet he's not a main eventer in like one of these major promotions. Not in NXT, not on Raw, not on SmackDown, not even in AEW. Maybe that's partially because maybe he don't know the right people. I don't know. Either way, what the re- what's the reason? Like Cardi B said, what's the reason? Don't know. He's got you seem like it seems like he got he's got everything. And it's not like the reports have come out like, oh, he's this and that backstage or whatever. I, at least I haven't heard that stuff. I don't know. Have you? Uh, I mean, I just uh, maybe. I mean, he seems abrasive, but I've never seen reports that he rubbed people backstage the wrong way. Right. He could be abrasive but, to like so. media and like right. interviews, and that's you could say that's part of the character. I don't mean he's that way in real life. So I, I just it puzzles me. It really puzzles me because even the fact that WWE let him go the first time is like he still got the physique they love. Like why? What the deal with the Impact reinvented himself? Like you said, WWE brings him back. All right, this is going to go right this time, right? What happened? What's going on? And he was in Ring of Honor before they shut down last year, and now he's doing the control your narrative stuff. Yeah, I, I just it honestly puzzles me. You would think that he would be a like even if Triple H right now is trying to rebuild the roster, I'd give a call to EC3. At the very least, and like again, you don't have to be like a master tactician, tactician in the ring to be talented, but like he could talk, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Did he like have some issues? I have no idea. Like, after we had him on the podcast, I feel like he... Maybe it was people that he had on his uh, show on the Controller Narrative. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Those have been, yeah, kind of controversial. Not very... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. Triple H doesn't want to deal with it yet. I mean, they just... I see here, like... Controller Narrative apparently had a TV deal agreed to back in March, but I, I don't. Oh, they didn't say where though, pro right? Wrestling TV, like the hell's pro yeah, wrestling that? TV? Like, yeah, nobody has that. That's oh. not in any households. What's that? <laughs> that's not. That's even less homes than WGTW. Is that over um, the air? I guess. I, <laughs> it's I don't probably know. not. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like I feel like you know media interviews, notwithstanding, I feel like he. Uh, I guess the people that he allowed into, you know, the, the whole controller narrative promotion type thing, and but what even he, what, like you know, it's just. But even before you get to control your narrative, why does he have to start a control your narrative? That's what I am curious yeah. to know. Yeah, I understand. Like, all right, he Ring of Honor fell through because they went under. They went dark for a right. long time. Right. But how did he get to Ring of Honor? <laughs> like, like. I don't understand. I, I don't get yeah, it. He hasn't but tweeted since April, so. <laughs> that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time. Uh, but as far as this match, though, uh, Velveteen Dream attempted a sunset flip at one point, 
but EC3 blocked it and then mocked Velveteen Dream by, you know, swinging his hips around a little bit, you know, just a little bit. But then Dream pulled EC3's trunks off his booty. <laughs> and the fans saw it. We have, we fortunately did not. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Uh, Velveteen. <laughs> Velveteen Dream at one point uh, hit a DDT to EC3 on a steel ramp. Uh, then EC3 somehow took more damage. He kicked out of the Dream Valley driver, as Velveteen Dream called it. DVD. <laughs> uh, Velveteen Dream would hit another one on the ring apron later in the match. Yeah. You know, the hardest part of the ring. Oh. And it's then not he the ring hit... post? No. It's the ring apron, apparently. Yeah. Okay. The edge of the ring. Okay. Hardest part of the ring. I guess. But then Velveteen Dream hit a big elbow drop to EC3 to pick up the win. A big win for Velveteen Dream at the time. But again, he messed it all up because he wanted to be a creep. Mm-mm-mm. You know, it's so. so easy not to be a creep. So when you are a creep, not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. But we go to a commercial break. It is for Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, which is a match I completely forgot about. <laughs> I have no recollection of this match. I assume Ronda won. Maybe yeah, she didn't. I, think I know she f- had the belt going into WrestleMania the next year. Yeah, and I think this was her title win. Okay. Because uh, didn't Alexa cash in the Money in the Bank? Because Ronda had a title match at Money in the Bank. And, she and I think Alexa won. cashed it in to win I think the she title. Beat so. Did she beat Nia Jax? Was I that the match? Think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're Something right. Because like I remember she had a pay-per-view match against Nia Jax. Pretty sure that was for the title. And then she beat Nia Jax and got cashed in on. Because they don't so, let the women walk around with a briefcase longer than like Nia two Jax? hours. Did that match actually end? I thought it did. Maybe so would she sure. have been a, technically a two-time champion? <laughs> Maybe. Because I think I she, I, honestly, I, she won at SummerSlam. Ronda did. I'm assuming. 2018 clearly was a blur because I don't remember yeah, this no, match that's, even happening. That's the funny part where it's only four years ago, but I could tell you what happened at SummerSlam 1990 and 91 <laughs> and 92 and 93 and 94, but <laughs> not 2018 apparently. Not 2018. I guess it was the summer and the Eagles had won the Super Bowl and we just like, whatever. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that summer was uh, very busy for me. So that was a, that was a busy summer for all of us. Like, probably Dawkins went in the Hall of Fame, didn't he, that year, that summer? Yeah, I, so, I had to be there for that. Yeah, that uh, was... I was in London for a week with following around Mac Hollins. Yeah, Ronda Rousey tour. beat Alexa Bliss in four minutes <laughs> to win the title. So There you go. That was so, the semi-main event, by the way. Wow, four-minute four match. Four minutes. There you go. Jeez. Um, and here we are again. Liv Morgan cashing on Ronda Rousey, and that's a feud now. Yeah. So... Time is uh, coming full circle a little bit here with Ronda. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> what I do remember, though, or what I kind of forgot about, I should say, was when I saw in these video packages, we got Kurt Angle as the Raw GM. <laughs> what an entertaining time that was. <laughs> that was they, gotta, they should bring back the GMs. That's one thing I would – I think if they brought it back now with Triple H charge, it wouldn't uh, take away from any anything. I, I think GMs are a good necessity in a wrestling program where – you know, as long as they're like not pro face or pro heel, you know, they, they can make a show better. I, 
I liked the way they were used with Bischoff and Heyman at first, and then Stephanie and even Kurt Angle as a GM here when they they had the commissioners, right? Stephanie and Shane, yeah. <laughs> who appointed general managers, which were Daniel Bryan and Mick Foley, like that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Why not? Why not so do something like that? Bureaucracy. We don't need so Adam Pierce. What is Adam Pierce? Is he still? Is he a GM? Yeah, he's, he's like basically the. He's the WWE official. They don't. They don't use the term GM or commissioner or anything. Okay. But he's on both shows and that's fine. Making those decisions. I was like, that's pretty much all I need. Call the GM, man. I don't say all I need. I just need somebody to announce. I like things. the vernacular. You know, they brought back, you know, belts and wrestling and hospital. I think it was kind of a rib on Monday Night Raw. They kept saying hospital when it came to Ezekiel. <laughs> so nice. By the way, that that photo. <laughs> Did you see that? That photo was absurd. <laughs> Even the video he cut of of his, like his <laughs> uncle or something like that, bro. What the hell? Uh, At least it was funny. <laughs> that. But that's the thing. I think that even the most ridiculous things can be funny, and this is one of them. Because I now you just have an Ezekiel like play every single character like that. To me, it's just like funny, it's, man. Like everything, the so whole, the show is good, and I think it it makes it better. You know, if it was a bad show, I think. You know, we wouldn't be as perceptive to, to what's going on with Ezekiel. But I was a fan since day one when Kevin Owens made me a fan of it. And I don't think he's going to go back to that because now we got the prize fighter back and all that. So I don't think yeah. Kevin Owens is going to go back to, you know, the Ezekiel thing. But um, I think, you know, it has some legs, you know, <laughs> Elias to the pitcher, we'll, like clear. We'll it's see. just hilarious, man. It, it's we'll see. the type of funny that isn't insulting because it's like we're all in on the joke so it's not to where it's not for one person you know what i mean it's not content for one person like vince booked for one person so i think it's kind of refreshing it was so goofy i laughed i will admit (laughs) i did laugh i'm hoping though that we're kind of done with the ezekiel stuff (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. I don't know, man. He was in the hospital bed with his wrestling gear on. Like, that's just so funny. It was his wrestling gear on. <laughs> with the boots on still. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Back to NXT TakeOver, though. <laughs> well, back to this Kurt Angle being Raw GM stuff yes. that I was mentioning earlier. Because yes. it was very entertaining, but mostly because of the memes we got out of Kurt Angle. <laughs> during his time at GM. Like the one of him looking into the air before he gets punched in the face by Triple H. <laughs> Classic. Save Absolute to, people. Save to my camera roll. Exactly. People got so many jokes off of all that and so many words you can put in certain spots. And Classic, okay? Uh, him screaming into the phone, oh, he's here, he's here. Like, Classic. <laughs> Even just him looking at his phone. Remember yes. one, this one of him looking at his phone like, oh my God. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> Also saved my camera roll. <laughs> <laughs> we got like those are three banger banger memes right there. Yeah. Off of Kurt Angle being Jim. I don't even know how long it lasted. But you get either, three really. quality memes out of it. You you did something special. That's a special run in my book. <laughs> That's a classic run in my eyes. So we didn't come back from commercial break. And guess who's in the crowd? Hanging out amongst the fans. Bro. It's Riddle in a suit. 
in a hat still. No. Still got the snapback hat on. <laughs> but remember when NXT would pretty much debut people like that? Like yeah. that's how they would just like, hey, yeah. here's Ricochet. <laughs> like, yeah. He's in NXT now. Here's EC3. It's like, oh, they're just watching the show. Okay, yeah. that's it. It was unique and different, which is obviously why Vince didn't doesn't replicate right. it. He's he just like, nah, it. that's for y'all. That's for y'all. It was like, <laughs> it was kind of cool because no expectations. You know, you're just like in the crowd, and then you eventually you re-debut almost by either attacking someone or having a match. Uh, right. You know that that was the beauty of NXT in a way, where you knew that people that were seen in the crowd was like, oh man, what are they going to do with this guy? What are they going to do with this girl? This is going to be awesome. And that was the feeling you had when they would do that. They did it with so many people. They like, did. Pretty sure Bobby Roode got that. <laughs> like, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. So many people. Asuka, I believe, got that. And I think Kyrie Singh got that. Maybe yeah, both I, of them. I don't know. But either way, a lot of people got that. They did. Uh, from over the years in NXT. Uh, so that was, again, unique different and the people are just they're showing people watching the show which is like also that you show people watching the show like they're mm. enjoying what they see they came to see the show that's always good it's a good perception thing it is. in my opinion but moving on it is now time for another banger let's just call it what it is bro this show does not let up no nxt north american championship it is adam cole baby defending against ricochet Okay. Ricochet, another guy, still has so much promise. Okay. The dude is just freakishly athletic. He's got a great look. He's got charisma. And he was like the hottest thing before he got to WWE. Like, he was the hottest free agent pickup of that time period with Ricochet. All right. It's just, remember that match he had in Japan? Oh, man. Who was it against? Was it Will Ospreay? That was like yes. people were losing their minds over this match. Yes. I think there were like clips on Twitter that I was just like, okay. They were cool. think pieces <laughs> written about it. That's how crazy this match was. All right? That's right. It was the talk of the town on Twitter and wrestling Twitter. It was. He was the guy. And then he got to WWE. Invents some can somehow can invent new ways to devalue someone. <laughs> Fortunately, he can he never got his hands on Adam Cole, but he did get his hands on Ricochet. Damn. He did. But he again, did. recurring theme here. It's a new day. Yes, it is. It just I can't help but think about all you see all this talent on this show. And it's like, what are they doing the main roster? What are they doing the main roster? Are they even still in still in WWE? <laughs> Damn! Would you even remember that Ricochet was Intercontinental Champion? No, I wouldn't. No, are you crazy? Hell no! That was pretty recent too. It really was. Didn't Gunther beat him? He did. He did. They still have that stupid new title. It should bring back the old one. Nah, but I don't think it's. I don't, I don't mind the belt. I, I don't mind the title. When it's the Intercontinental belt, I mind it. Definitely. I don't mind the title. I do prefer the the old school one, but I I still don't think that's a bad title. I like it. I like I that, think. and I like the new U.S. title as well. I think we've talked about this before, but I'm a fan of both. Uh, but Ricochet, inter- interesting thing about Ricochet is that he is from Kentucky, straight out of Kentucky. 
yet he roots for at least two Philadelphia teams. He is both an Eagles fan and a Sixers fan. Really? Yes. I wonder why. I guess it's time wrestling in Philly, perhaps. I don't know. Probably wrestling in Philly a lot. I don't know, man, but he's... He loves his Sixers and he loves his birds. You know who else likes the Sixers? Who's not from here? Who lives here? So that's one thing. Chuck Taylor. How about that? An AEW. Big Sixers fan. So. And I think Samoa Joe is also an Eagles fan. Pretty sure Samoa yes. Joe is an Eagles fan. Yes. Which is- he is. I have a picture saved in my camera roll of him and like a. Randall, it was like a number 12. I don't know if it's exactly a Randall Cunningham. It might not even be an Eagles thing because of the color, but uh, there are pictures of him online and like Eagles gear and whatnot. So, yeah. So, shout out to Samoa Joe as well. So, there's a lot of, a lot of Eagles fans amongst the wrestlers. Yeah. Maybe because, again, some of them lived in Philly. Who knows? Like, maybe that's part of it. Adam Cole. Is also from the area. He's from Lancaster. Yeah. I'm not sure he's ever repped the teams publicly, though. We can't speak to <laughs> who he roots for. So, but, you know, he's definitely from out this area. Um, Mauro Ronaldo made a Hamilton reference when he talked about Ricochet diving us out of the ring. Uh, I know this because my wife has made me watch and listen to Hamilton multiple times. Oh. Uh, he said, I'm not throwing away my shot. That's what he said when Ricochet dove out of the ring early in the match. That is a hamilton direct hamilton reference um good hey, it's a good quality uh musical it's really really good and the soundtrack did numbers i wouldn't know that because i haven't watched hamilton but i think that's what makes Mario Rodolo so good because what, what's wrong about those references nothing, nothing. but and by that point i wouldn't have known because i hadn't seen hamilton or heard of hamilton yet but it was i think it was still like they were still doing shows at this point and it was like mm-hmm. huge obviously so there you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> talk about what the people are talking about. People were talking about Hamilton in 2018. So there you go. So I know it now, though. I know it now. <laughs> uh, Ricochet's flips, uh, not his hips, but his flips, <laughs> got him in trouble one time when he got caught with a backstabber out of midair. Wouldn't be the last time Adam Cole would catch Ricochet in midair. Okay. Uh, Ricochet blocked one of Adam Cole's super kicks as he was flying in midair, right? But then Cole said, you know what? I'm going to do this again, though. I'm going to hit you with a super kick out of midair. <laughs> Ricochet is flying through the air upside down, and Adam Cole timed it perfectly to kick this man straight in his face. Crowd lost his mind, and I wrote, "This talent is the talent on this roster is ridiculous. Yeah. What? Yeah, and and it's almost unfair because everyone bags on Triple H to be like, oh, like NXT failed because of AEW. It's like, well, I mean, not really. <laughs> if you if you put these guys on Raw or SmackDown, I mean, there's like no goodness. shot, no shot. But um, you know, and it's funny because you know once they switch from NXT to AEW, everyone's like, oh, AEW, look at this, like. Uh, it's like, man, you weren't watching that one NXT because they weren't AEW at that point. So this is like, I think Triple H gets an unfair rap. I mean, he gets criticism deservedly about some things, but to be like, man, you had this talent on that roster and you couldn't succeed. I was like, eh, I don't think it's about that. I think he succeeded very well. That's just 
wrestling fans are fickle. And that's what happened. Yeah, like, wrestling fans are this, fickle. This is a perfect example of this match. Bro, this is insane. He caught this. Ricochet's doing like a moonsault. Did a springboard like moonsault. He's upside down <laughs> in midair. And Cole perfectly timed it. Couldn't have timed it more perfectly. Boom. This should be WWE's current product. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? Then they had the sequence where they're like exchanging the kicks. Wild. Like they're just kicking each other. Yep. Then Cole just, after they fall, Cole just lands on Ricochet and has a pen attempt. <laughs> Unreal. The fans, the fans are chanting Mamma Mia. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lord. Morrow then Ricochet, Ricochet a cheat code. Then Ricochet did this. He ran across the ring. Adam Cole standing on the ring apron outside of the ring. So he's, you know, on the outside. Ricochet jumps, run, runs across the ring, jumps over the top rope, all, like just clears the top rope, somehow manages to wrap his legs around Adam Cole's neck and then do a Hurricane Rana to the floor. Unbelievable, man. My God. That man, that man, Ricochet, really is a human highlight reel. He's a terrible cornerback, as you saw on Twitter this week when he got burnt by one of the Usos in the Ramsey. Did you see that clip? I did not. Oh, man. Ricochet got to work on his cornerback hips. His hips are terrible. He got to flip those hips, son. What account was it, the maiden? I think I replied to a video, or you can just look it up. You can probably just look it up. That's what I'm, yeah. He got burnt. He just ran a good old corner route, and Ricochet was just like, didn't know what to do. <laughs> but despite the lack of cornerback skills and football skills, this dude is unbelievable wrestler. <laughs> All right? Oh, boy. That's so far stadium. Yeah. Yeah. He is yeah. a human highlight reel when it comes to wrestling. Football, mm, wrestling, yes. Okay. I don't know how you look at this guy and not be like, yup, you're in the main events consistently. Because you can do stuff like that. He may not be the best talker. I don't know if Ricochet is the best talker. But damn, you can do something. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he definitely, definitely looks like an Eagles defensive back out there. Oh, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. Uh, he, you had to call him Bradley Fletcher. That's not right. <laughs> that ain't right, bro. You had to call him Bradley Fletcher. I, I didn't say the name. You had to call you him Kerry Williams. <laughs> that ain't right, bro. That ain't. That's terrible. Byron Maxwell esque. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's that's sad. Hopefully not that's this sad. year, but no, shouldn't be this year. Definitely. You got Slay and Bradbury on the outside. You should be all right at corner. <laughs> should. I mean, come but on. They'll make yeah, a good play, right. and there'll be a flag somewhere. And that's well, let's that. hope not. Let's hope not. Between Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox, and I guess McPherson will be your fourth corner. I guess they might still run with two safeties hmm. some, or three safeties sometimes, but that's still that's, that's pretty damn good cornerbacks right there, man. I don't know. Yeah, we'll but after that hurricane run to the floor, which is just, again, Crazy. stupid, insanity, <laughs> Ricochet eventually hit the 630, which is also just astounding in its, in its own right. He hit the 630, 
to pin Adam Cole and become the new North American champion. I'm almost I like I, I wrote down I'm almost getting upset because this was so good. Like and this should be this all the time. But I was like I did remind myself like, Raw was pretty good too last night. Cuz we're recording this on Tuesday, August 16th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Raw was pretty good and maybe things would be like this on more on a consistent basis, but this was incredible. Okay? Yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to bake you a little pissed off again. Let's just hear this. Tomorrow, so good. The commentary does it all for me. That's all I need to know. Ricochet has put in over the past 15 years has finally come to fruition and this man got what he wanted an NXT championship in the form of the North American title look at that incredible so much promise in that young man Ricochet (laughs) and Vince McMahon said pion pion that's gonna be your theme music now (laughs) what what is wrong with that man so this is going to be the running theme throughout the show. Yes, you've heard it a million times already. I'm going to talk about something that's happening on screen and then compare it to what Vince McMahon did. Because this particular group has so many failures in it. <laughs> like, main roster failures. Or yeah. subpar runs. Because Ricochet's still been champion a couple times and he's still there. But Alistair Black... Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and even Roderick Strong, who's barely even on television. What the hell? Jesus. This is so such good. good shit. Man. <sighs> we come back. We move on, I should say. And we get a look at Kevin Owens and Mark Henry in the crowd enjoying the show. And like we said earlier, Kevin Owens is seemingly back to his prized fighter self and had a banger well, with Drew McIntyre on Raw. Before that? What was commercial? the WWE title match at SummerSlam? Oh, AJ versus Samoa Joe. I can't imagine which that. Which I do not remember. Uh, and that's... And it's like, the that's the roster they had. I know. I know. Did, did WWE realize what they had on their roster? That today, if you, do, if you put AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe... For a championship, people will watch. My bad. <laughs> what? Did you bleep me out? <laughs> I saw. So my mouse cursor is over the sensor bleep uh, on the soundboard, and I saw a piece of lint on my mouse pad, and I pressed it. Oh my it god! Without even thinking. All of that for a damn piece of lint. You could have just waited till I was done talking. I could have, I could have moved could have my muted. mouse cursor. I could have, oh, done, could have anything. done anything else. Except you just said, wham, I'm hit that button. <laughs> of all the of all the sound bites too. It's right. <laughs> so long and obnoxious. <laughs> my bad. I know I'm not it's editing okay. that out. 
Stay there. No, no, no. We're leaving it. But <laughs> the point, Samoa Joe style, four years later, it's like, whew, yeah, let's let's rock. Let's do that. They had it at SummerSlam. And no yeah. one really remembers. That's a bad thing. It is. Very bad. What thing. the hell? Samoa Joe and AJ Styles also probably Samoa Joe should probably should have won for the WWE title, not even right. like what a fake hell? title. God, <laughs> the universal what? title. So they had an embarrassment of riches on this roster at this point. What? Mm. Oh my god. They had enough for pretty much two promotions. Because look at AEW's roster right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look like, at I, all that's why the I think former... the brand split's a good idea, but they still don't didn't look know at, how to manufacture two rosters. Look well at enough. all the talent that just came from WWE that's in NXT. That their last stop, not NXT, AEW, but their last stop was WWE. It's a long list. Yeah. Okay? Damn. Squandered, squandered talent left and right. People wanted to thank Vince McMahon. What? We had dream matches. Just, he's pulling dream matches out of his ass. They didn't even care about it. <laughs> Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Ricochet and Adam Cole. I don't even know who those guys are. Then <laughs> like, that NXT thing that my son-in-law runs. I don't know. I think the kid Let's Ricochet needs a gunshot to be a manager. Right? Yeah, that that was the rumor, right? That Adam Cole's yeah. gonna be a manager. Yeah. And let's call the other guy up and give. Let's get the Ricochet kid some gunshot sounds in his music. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <sighs> but moving on, it is now time for the NXT Women's Championship. It is Shayna Baszler defending against Kyrie Sane in a rematch of sorts i guess it wasn't a direct rematch but it was a a continuation of the feud that started at the very first may young classic and the video package leading up to this match laid that out in great detail as you saw and it was a great video package i should i should yeah, say they always were that's what, yeah. so frustrating man i mean and that's the one thing that Vince never like ruined. It seemed like you know the video packages were always on point. Yeah, I would agree with that. They would, for the most part, typically well done video packages in WWE. I will say though, now that Triple H is back in charge again, we need this Shayna Baszler back on WWE television. <laughs> Not the one that was yeah. biting Becky Lynch's neck yeah, or hanging out in tag teams with Nia Jax. Did you watch SmackDown Friday? I, d I did not. So uh, this is the annoying part. Ronda comes <laughs> in. Like, she makes her first appearance in, what, a week or two. Uh, looks Still looks stupid. You know, like, she doesn't <laughs> know what Damn. how to play heel wrestler uh, or face wrestler or any kind of wrestler, it feels like. And security comes out, and they're like, you got to go, you got to go, you can't be here. And she's doing, like, the mannerisms, like, oh, you're talking to me. And then we hear, like, you know, through the camera, you know, she's not carrying the microphone or anything. She's in the aisle now, about to go up the aisle. And she's like, she just stares at the security guy waiting, I guess, for her cue. And then she finally like, oh, yeah, oh, you're telling me to leave? 
And he's like, yeah, like, hey, come on, you gotta go, you gotta go. And she just walks out. It looks so stupid. And Shayna Baszler comes out, because it's for the contract signing, I guess. And uh, Shayna approaches her. Is like, what are you doing? You can't just do that. Like, you play by the rules. You get what you want. Like, that's oh my god, how Shane has done it. Like, she's won her you know <laughs> match for this contract signing for the title or against Liv Morgan, whatever. And it's just the whole thing felt off. So, like, as great as you know, Raws and Smackdowns have made sense the last few weeks since Triple H has taken over. This whole mess without Ronda Rousey just. And Shayna Baszler, it, it looked so annoying. I, I I want it to be better and more believable, but nothing they're involved in feels believable right now. And so to your point, I hope this is the Shayna Baszler we get uh, moving forward. So we shall see. We shall see. But this Shayna Baszler on, in 2018, incredible. Fire. Great stuff. Fire. Fire. Fire, even. Okay. Uh, also, Kyrie Sane was awesome. Let's not yes. forget Kyrie Sane. You know, she was in a good tag team with Asuka, the Kabuki Warriors, but that was really just Vince seeing two Japanese wrestlers he didn't know what to do with, mm-hmm. and he just put them together. Yeah. Neither of them had tag team partners or needed tag team partners to get over in NXT. On the main roster, I got no ideas for y'all on your own, so... You're both Japanese tag team. And it worked. But yeah, I liked it. But it didn't have to be. Mm-mm. They were just fine on their own. I'll tell you, man. Uh, the cameras no. caught the four horsewomen, as you mentioned, Ronda Rousey, right. Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, three members of the four horsemen. Of course, the fourth one is Shayna Baszler. Oh. All were signed by <laughs> WWE at some point. But Duke and Shafir, they were only in NXT. They never mm-hmm. appeared on the main roster, at least not like in a wrestling capacity from what I remember. I don't remember that either. Uh, and also, Jessamyn Duke, she would also make a lot of appearances on uh, Up, Up, Down, Down as well. I don't know if you recall that at all. I guess not. Uh, again, this Shayna Baszler, though, the one that would break down her opponents in scientific ways and you know, target their body parts. Wow. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It would look gruesome at times. Like the way she would like kick people's limbs and stomp them and stuff like that. And people, I remember when she stomped uh, Dakota Kai's elbow, it looked like she just like tore yeah. her yeah. elbow out of her socket. Like it I, just <laughs> destroyed her arm. No, I those always, no matter what, like I always get, ah, when she does, hey. that, you know, you know it's not real, but it doesn't look I mean, good. Like, it, it, if you slip up and your your wrist gets caught, it, it becomes real. Like I, I think that's yeah, that's fair. We we think that they definitely know how to sell it, and how and we're not privy to how they sell something like that. Like you know, because it's such a new move that we've seen in, in recent years. Where it's like, damn, like how how do they do they move the the wrist as quick as possible? So when they're you know, their arm goes towards the mat like it doesn't hurt for real, or does it really hurt? And they just deal with the pain. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> no. man. Like, don't I, know. I don't think it's that, but geez, it, it's it looks a, horrible. Yeah, and kudos to them for realizing that how bad that looks in a good way. 
Yeah. Because like it you get the same reaction from fans watching at home versus in the arena, like at all times. It's always like, Oh God, like oh, it becomes like I said, like gruesome to watch. Even though it it's apparently not that painful. <laughs> <laughs> they finish the matches. Because if that was real, they'd be crying. Oh, my God, my arm. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> like, all right. Kyrie's saying, though, as much as, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler's like the MMA fighter, and she's, of course, you know, physical, and, you know, she, she's an ass whooper. Kyrie Sane had, she is very physical for her frame. Like, she was so much fun to watch because she was just elbow the hell out of people and then she speared yeah. Shayna Baszler yeah. at one point like it looked like a devastating spear like Kyrie Sane was dope and that's another piece that I know I think she left under her own volition but like they could have got more out of Kyrie Sane while she was with the promotion um, yeah and I will She's say really talented it, they could have gotten so much out of her elbow drop you know they could have made it one yeah. of the best finishers of all time because out of all the el- elbow drops I've seen since Randy Savage Kyrie Sane has probably the best men or women yeah because it's just yeah, like it's... incredible the way her body moves and how how she makes it look and that's all that's all you need it's better than Shawn michaels it's better than cm punks <laughs> it's better than whoever else tries to elbow drop off the top rope uh randy savage was the master of it and Kyrie sands right behind him yeah, Randy Savage, he looked like he was actually driving into people's chests, which yeah. was great. And I think he was, certain uh, <laughs> people, probably. <laughs> I did like Shawn Michaels. He would slap his arm up. You know, I did like that. Like, CM Punk was garbage. Smooth. Shawn's was like smooth, but not better than Kyrie's or Randy's, in my opinion. I would agree. And CM Punk's, yeah, flat out garbage. CM Punk's was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Punk, but your Macho Man elbow wasn't good. It wasn't like Macho Man, so it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> speaking of elbow drops, Shayna Baszler took two of those and a dive to the outside of the ring and still managed to kick out, but she still somehow managed to get Kyrie Sane in the chokehold with an insane counter, right? I thought that was going to be it personally when I'm watching this. I don't remember watching this a lot, even though it happened four years ago, but Kyrie Sane somehow got to the, to the bottom rope, forcing Shayna Baszler to break the hold. Then Kyrie Sane went for another elbow drop at one point. So she climbs up again. Shayna Baszler's down on the mat again, in position to get this elbow drop. Kyrie Sane jumps off the top rope. But before she lands on Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler sticks her feet up in the air and kicks Sane's elbow. That looked also looked very painful, right? As soon as Kyrie Sane hits the mat, Shayna Baszler immediately puts on the choke again. She lays down. It's time to tap out, right? Kyrie right. Sane is t- tapping out. She's Shayna Baszler's got a hook and a choke. She's laying down, got a grapevine. Psych! Kyrie Sane <laughs> reverses that into a pin out of nowhere. <laughs> and the fans, I just, the fans never sat down. Mauro Ronaldo never took a breath. And this was a classic, classic finish. And once again, Kyrie Sane ascends to the top turnbuckle. Looking for her third insane elbow. Oh, no. Blocked by Baszler. Blocked by Baszler. Oh. Immediately placed. That's it. Right. Snatch it to come up in a clutch. Wait. What an escape shot. That's it. Oh, Mamma mia. Your winner. And new. NXT Women's Champion. Kyrie. Sing. And what a 
elbow, immediately snatching the Kirifuda clutch, but instantly, Sane able to roll up. Baszler's shoulders down. Kyrie Sane, the years of pain, the years of sacrifice. Kyrie Sane, it all pays off on this night in Brooklyn. The Pirate Princess is now the queen of NXT. Man. God, man, what a call. Morrow, like I said, people, didn't take a breath. People don't like Morrow, man. I don't. I, I guess. Don't know how. I. Uh, I mean, it, it was great um, to just put that over. You know, the the princess becomes the queen like that. Yeah, he's so he's good, bitten, boy. That's so he's good. Spitting after the match. <laughs> he's waxing poetic about how much it means, how much work that the wrestlers put in to win titles. It's, it's for moments like this. Like, phew, come on now. You were spitting. Mm. But moving on from that classic finish, we got one more match to go. Ah. We got we still got another ma- match. I mean, that finish alone, I was like, yo, that was wild. And then, oh, we still got another one. <laughs> but before we get to that one, we got a commercial oh. for NXT UK. Oh, how about that? Which I haven't watched in years. I'm sorry. I tried to, you know, and it really looked cool. It really it had the red ropes. That was cool. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> um, the first The thing. NXT UK logo is great, you know. And, it is, and uh, the title is great. Yes, and the the setup was pretty good, you know, and they had the tapings, and it felt like, you know, like a special weekly show that um, obviously I, could all, I couldn't even go to it because it's in the UK, so I would watch it on the network and – uh, it just seemed cool, and you, you follow it week by week, and it just—I it really lost its luster before the pandemic, in, in my opinion. I, I stopped really watching. Uh, I can't re- really pinpoint a time of, of when I did, but um, it had to be, I guess, when Walter uh, was champion because he was champion for a long ass time. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry, Gunther. And, no, uh, he was Walter back then. He's <laughs> still Walter to me, damn it. Of all the name changes they had, I don't think that's a terrible one. But no, nah, Walter. Um, Walter. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I guess it was during that time period. So like just before the pandemic. But uh, I thought the brand had some good weekly shows. You know, it felt like NXT because NXT was still an hour long show back then. Uh, for us to watch on Wednesday nights, and I think NXT UK was on Thursdays, if I remember correctly. I, I don't know if it still is, but it'd be like on Thursdays at 3 p.m. You know, it would come on, and so it yeah. was like a cool little thing. And uh, yeah, it was a fun like year, I guess I had of watching it, and I don't even know if I watched it for a year, but <laughs> <laughs> some amount of time. It's just the the logo and everything about it is kind of cool. So. Well. It hadn't started yet by this point in 2018, but here we are. Uh, we then get another commercial, this time for a triple threat match at SummerSlam between Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Carmella. Yes, Charlotte has, this is the first time she was just inserted into a match that didn't call for her. But here she is, and she won the title <laughs> at SummerSlam. <laughs> you better believe she did. But at the very least... That was the catalyst yes. for Becky Lynch to turn into the man. Yeah, another money train Vince McMahon backed him up into. <laughs> He's like, whoops. 
Oh, there's a whole lot of money back here. <laughs> <laughs> what? This, this is behind me the whole time? Yeah, bro. All you had to do was turn around. <laughs> all you had to do. So, there's that. But now it's time for the main event of the evening. It is for the NXT Championship, and it's being contested in a last man standing match. It is Tommaso Ciampa. Currently, the Miz's tag team partner. That's an odd pairing. There we are. It works. I guess it works. <laughs> I'm For still now. getting used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tommaso Ciampa defending his NXT champion against Johnny Gargano. These two have already headlined, I think, three, two or three takeovers by this point. We're still here with these two. <laughs> But now it's for the a NXT great, Championship. A great, great feud. Like, probably my favorite feud in NXT history. Ooh. Hmm. How, okay. The story that from beginning is a tag team, then the split, and eventually coming back together down the road. Like, right, Gargano turning heel. How do you not love that? Yeah. Because I'm trying to think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn didn't really have a run in NXT. Right. That's... You know that probably would have been the best, but um, we didn't. We were kind of robbed of it because Kevin Owens was only in NXT for what half a year, and then he was like do, yeah. pulling double duty for a little bit. So I you kinda, really didn't get that. I kind of dug uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor a little bit. That was pretty good. Yeah, from but what I remember, the story. Oh, we got to go Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, but the story. that's up there. <laughs> that's up there. No, but they had some ba- classics though, like some like yeah. standard setting women's matches in NXT. That's a, at least a very significant feud yeah. Uh, yeah. in the annals of history to me of they what they did, especially to, for women's to everyone, I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So because That's I haven't thought of anything one, else, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> I just because remember I, this, of I, I follow else. the story. It was like, to me, an old school pro wrestling storyline that we hadn't seen and it felt like decades, really. Uh, I just, you know, the old school heel versus, you know, like uh, tag team and then the heel versus face. And then, like, I think they were teasing getting back together and then Ciampa turned on him again. Like, and then Ch- Ciampa won the title, which I didn't think it was going to be like a title feud. And then it became a title feud. And then eventually had Gargano at the very end, you know, claiming the title, which. I mean, like, you couldn't get a better pro wrestling storyline in that timeline, I don't think. 2018, really 2017 through 2018, 2019. I, I just don't think you can get better than that in that time frame. It, it was very well done from the beginning of, like you said, of the turn to Ciampa getting hurt but still being involved in the story. Gargano just constantly coming up short. Then Ciampa comes back, wins the title, and Gargano is, like, changing. You can tell he, his wife doesn't recognize him anymore type thing because he's just so obsessed with getting Ciampa. And he eventually gets him but also turns heel late, late after that. It's a, it's a lot. It's so much. <laughs> so I will give you – it was a – it was long, though. It's very long. And, it, and I'm not even counting the time we were talking about when Ciampa was hurt and he was out for a while. That that didn't even I'm not even counting. I'm counting right. I'm counting the time that they were actually on screen. It was like most of 2018, <laughs> like because yeah. it is August. They <laughs> Champa was at Takeover in Philly in January. Now he didn't wrestle. I think he was still hurt at that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he used his crutch to hit Gargano to cost him the title. 
but that's still eight months. That's still eight months prior. <laughs> like, that's a long time. Um, was that when he I, turned, I, or did he turn before that? Before Philly, he turned before Philly. Okay, because his that's a little. I, I want to say one of his last wrong. appearances was when he turned on Gargano, and then he got hurt after that. Or was that when he got hurt, or he did get hurt like after the turn? It was around that point, but either way, it, the turn happened like right. in 2017. Okay. And then he got hurt. And he was out. Yeah, it was for a after while. the tag team match, right? Right. Yeah, got you. So, but when Ciampa came back and turned on Gargano, boy, was he hated. Do you remember how much heat Tommaso Ciampa would get on a regular basis in NXT? I think that's the whole reason he didn't have theme music. Yes. Because he would just get booed, like, the whole, from when he came out to when he was in the ring. It was, like, awesome. And it was so well done, and it was so, we hadn't seen that. And I think that's why I thought it was so unique because, it, like you said before, this is before AEW. We hadn't seen this in Ring of Honor or, you know, any of the independents that I seem to watch. Seem to watch. Um, I had watched like certain independent shows throughout the years, but nothing that I, I noticed this different. And it just felt different. And I was like, you know, creatively, I like this, you know, because it's, it's so different than what I've been watching the last decade. Uh, of mainstream wrestling and you know impact wasn't doing anything like that and that by this point i think i was out on impact for a bit but um yeah it was just so different you know like the the meanings of making this former tag team like a bitter blood feud it worked whatever they did worked for me personally i was just like man this is like a great feud this is why i say it's my favorite rivalry but you know i i don't I'm not going to sit here and say that's subjective, but it's awesome. <laughs> no, it Probably. was very well done. Yeah. It really was. And I like one of my favorite parts of it was that Johnny Gargano had like character progression. Because he went from the happy go lucky, hey, everybody, babyface, to like he became pretty much more evil over time because he was feuded with Ciampa. And I, 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 I always look at. This particular match was supposed to be a triple threat match, so right. You know, now this kind of just added to the lore in a way, right? But I'm always of the belief a little character progression never hurt anybody. Yeah, like I like that it makes it known that wrestlers carry some of their experiences with them. Yeah. You know, like human beings. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like in real sports, you're taught not to you're taught to have a short memory, right? Yep. And that logic can apply to pro wrestling, right? Because it is sports-based. But I do think there is some room to where the, you know, scars of the battles, whether it's, you know, physical scars, obviously you can't control, but, like, the emotional scars, kind of, mm-hmm. the mental scars that, you know, time can, you know, things can, when things happen to you that you can accrue over time. And... I like that Johnny Gargano kind of changed a little bit and progressed. Because you see wrestlers, and they just, no matter what happens to John Cena, he's still John Cena the next week, <laughs> you know? And aren't you upset about this? That just happened to you? They just, you know, poured cement on your house. Aren't you upset about that? <laughs> like, I'm back here for hustle, loyalty, and respect, everybody. It's like, all right, man, I guess. You rich. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah, I appreciated that out of this feud. Um, But as far as the match itself... 
Johnny Gargano, showing his heel side, starts off the match by attacking Tommaso Ciampa during the entrances, oh, no. during the introductions, I should say. And he was dominating early, okay? But that was until Tommaso Ciampa hit an air raid crash on him through <laughs> one of the announce tables. <laughs> Jesus. Again, last man standing, so Gargano beats the count and managed to lawn dart Tommaso Ciampa into the middle turnbuckle. This is like within the first like five to ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Ciampa then hit three, three Project Ciampas in a row on Gargano. Somehow, Gargano not only got up, he got up and just immediately super kicked Tommaso Ciampa. Bam! <laughs> just so you know, there's a whole lot of no-selling in this match. Yeah. I mean, they just whack the hell out of each other like and don't even budge. Every last man standing match has been like that. It's like, okay, uh, you would normally be down for like times 30 egregious. seconds here. <laughs> That's true, but they were like not even falling off their feet on right. some of these moves. Right. And were like they would no sell it and just follow it up with a counter immediately. Like I said, yep, Gargano's and, and that's he gets up at the count of nine and then super kicks <laughs> Ciampa in the face immediately. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good point. I feel like you know, I don't like that, and I feel like that's what we see a lot of in uh maybe not so much NXT matches anymore, but uh and I hope we don't see it moving forward on Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-views, but uh, in AEW, it's like that's that's kind of like the norm. It's like you just don't sell. You, you hit your moves, you keep countering with one move, one move, and then you both fall, and the crowd cheers, and then you kind of rest, <laughs> restart. You know, that's kind of what they go by. And it's like I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. And I, even though I love this feud to Gargano and Ciampa, I think the last man standing stipulation kind of hampered it a little bit with stuff like that, where, you know, you would think one guy got the upper hand, but then somebody else did. And then they both have to reach the 10 count. And it's all dramatic. And I was just, okay. It was a little hokey for me, but I still, yeah. still one of my favorite feuds ever. I thought it was a great ending to this match, by the way. I, I did love the match, but uh, not as much as, you know, there are others. Yeah. So a lot happened in this match. It, cause... it was a lot. They start tearing up the ring like they're Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns out here. Okay. Gargano cool. shoots Ciampa in the face with a fire extinguisher. Then he gets his hand on the, on the crutch. Have you ever had you know? a fire extinguisher, like, go off in your face? No, fortunately. Does it really hurt? Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't I know. I feel like it, you know, might not hurt that bad. But I'm not going mean, to try it. it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that whatsoever. Um, but... Gargano got his hands on one of the crutches that Tommaso Ciampa used to use, and he started wailing on Tommaso Ciampa with the crutch. Then he also hit a draping DDT on the exposed wood in the ring. Because yes, they tore up the mat again, exposing the wood. They begin fighting at ringside. Johnny Gargano attempts to superkick Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa <laughs> moves out of the way. Gargano kicks the living daylights out of the timekeeper instead. <laughs> okay. Definitely a throwback to WrestleMania 12. Okay, okay, Definitely I hear you on that. the whole Shawn Michaels uh, producing that stuff. That's fair, and, okay. Uh, that kind of was like a oh crap moment. <laughs> okay, I see you connecting dots there, like, yeah. the, like the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny. Just you, I see you connecting <laughs> dots there. Okay, all right. But then <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa gets the upper hand again by slamming Johnny Gargano's head into a monitor, and then... Driving a chair with through Gargano's face, pretty much with the knee. So he drove his knee, 
through his head with a steel chair, also went through the barricade. So all hell is broken loose now. <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa is like, all right, well, he's, he's going to stay down forever. He's going to stay down for good now. So I'm tossing literally everything on top of him. And that's what Ciampa did. Everything can get his hands on, including the timekeeper. Get your ass on it. That's a good 200 pounds there. Throw it on top of Johnny Gargano. That man has a family. Vince McMahon needed to immediately apologize to that family on the air like he did at, at Bad Blood in 97. <laughs> All right? I apologize to the family. Like, we needed that. As that man has a family. As the cameraman is, like, incapacitated. You know, <laughs> apologize to the family. Like, we, we're bad. Sorry. We apologize for murdering your husband. <laughs> we apologize to the family. We apologize on the spot. <laughs> How stupid was that? <laughs> so Ciampa then breaks out the handcuffs. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Gargano makes it back to his feet somehow. Again. Ciampa's had enough. He breaks out the handcuffs. But remember he won while he was handcuffed in one of their previous matches? I think he had his his hands cuffed behind his back and still won the match somehow. Yes. It was unbelievable. One of the best finishes I've ever seen. Okay. Pretty sure that was a finish, right? I I vaguely remember this. You say it like now I'm questioning myself. (laughs) Go. Would it would it have been the pre? Not yeah, the I'm looking at it right now. Because... It was from Takeover in a, earlier that year, obviously, and he got his hands cuffed, and he still won. Chicago street fight. That's what it was. There you go. So maybe so, not behind his back, but his hands are still cuffed. When were they in Chicago? Maybe for Money in the Bank. Uh, I might be right. That's my assumption. It doesn't give me a. Yeah, June. Yeah, so that sounds like that was the match. match before this one, right? So he breaks out the handcuffs again. Okay, he only gets Gargano somehow gets one of the cuffs on Champa. So remember that for right. later. Right. Okay, Gargano super kicks Champa off the ring apron through a pair of tables at ringside. Okay, Champa somehow breaks the count by literally holding himself up with a crutch. Love it. Okay. Tommaso Ciampa tries to escape. He tries to leave. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to use this crutch. I'm going to hop on out of here real quick. But Gargano came up and kicked that damn thing into the stands. <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't shoot where that thing landed, but it, it may have landed in somebody's face. <laughs> he just kicked that thing, and that thing went flying. Okay. It always makes me think uh, you, you, there was a I, – I forget what match it was in WCW, but uh, – Someone had kicked Kevin Nash like out of the ring for the like the NWO. They were cleaning the house. Somebody had been staying, I guess. And Nash goes over the ropes, grabs the table that's at the ringside, and like as he's falling, he flings it. I guess to try to make it look like he's selling like whatever. And he hits somebody in the front row with the legs oh, of the table. No. And it, it reminded me of that because I'm like, there's so many things that we've seen on these wrestling shows that probably hurt. <laughs> like a front row audience right. member, like off camera, should, should be a lawsuit. <laughs> like right, and that's one of them because there's no way that couldn't have like hit somebody. Remember you when know? Rock like, tore the door off the car yeah. through the, the car door in the stands? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? 
What happened to you? I got hit by a car door and by it, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> what? And I forget what, I don't know if it's pay-per-view or Nitro, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. I just know Nash, like, going out the ring, grabbing the table as he's falling and, make like, pull, pulling it with him, but the legs hit somebody, and you see uh, somebody off camera, like, look next to them and, like, go, like, oh, are you all right? Like, <laughs> like literally okay? hit them. <laughs> Damn. So, and the legs of a table, that, that probably hurt like hell, regardless where it hit you. <laughs> Real talk. I hurt like hell, like you said. You can see, like, Gargano kind of, like, look over and be like, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he meant to, you know, make it go And I'm going to go back to uh, fighting now, which is what he did. He brought Tommaso (laughs) Ciampa up to the stage with him, pretended he didn't probably (laughs) severely injure someone with a crutch, right? I'm going to pretend that didn't happen, okay? He then slams Tommaso Ciampa into the stage, much like Ciampa did to him, when he first broke up D- DIY. Okay. Then Gargano cuffs Ciampa to a piece of the stage. So now he's got one arm and he can barely stand on his feet. Smart. While, while he's standing, though, well, he wouldn't be standing for long because Johnny Gargano just proceeds to kick the hell out of Tommaso Ciampa a lot. Okay. So many times. Meanwhile, Tommaso Ciampa is literally pleading, begging for his life. Please. No, I'm sorry. He's apologizing, just incessantly apologizing. Please, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. And Gargano shows him no such mercy. Kicks him in the face multiple times. But then he just stood there for a while before he did one more kick. He just stood there for a long time. And I was like, this is dragging out now. We got to do something. You can't look at the fans for like 10 minutes and then do something. Okay. There was no need to milk it as long as they did. But they did. And finally, Gargano pulls down a knee pad to try to hit Ciampa with his knee. And he did that. Boom. Crashed right into Ciampa's head. But he kept going after that. (laughs) And he crashed into the stage equipment and hurt his knee in the process. The referee starts to count. And he gets all the way to nine. And once he says nine, Ciampa just rolls his body off the stage in a standing position with his arms still cuffed in the air. Meanwhile, Johnny Gargano never made it back to his feet and lost the match. He done blew his knee out. How stupid did he look there? He let his emotions get the best of him to that extent? I love the ending because it was like kind of creative, but it also, yeah, it made him look stupid because it's like, dude, Ciampa wouldn't have got up. Like at ten, like why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, he's begging for his life. He's done. He's tapped out. But of course, Mauro Ronaldo takes it home. Moment of truth for Johnny Gargano. He's exposed his knee. And Tommaso Ciampa, your apology falling off your hands. Himself out. One. Talk about a pyrrhic move for Johnny Gargano, the referee counting. Three. Both men are down. Four. Unbelievable. Five. The ref is up to count of five. Nine. Make it six for the NXT Championship. Seven. Can Gargano get up to his feet first? He's injured his knee. Champa still down. Referee. Nine. 
is up tonight. Oh, Champ is up. Champ is up. Wow. Champa was signed his fate. Champa survived. Man, Marvel's so good. Yes, man. Oh, goofy ass back down. Oh, my knee. And still, NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. And in what Johnny Gargano thought was his pièce de résistance for like that. knee strike, he heard his knee trying to deliver the final blow to Tommaso Ciampa. And that, that did not allow Gargano to get back up to his feet. And after all we have witnessed, Tommaso Ciampa is the last man standing and still NXT champion. He just puts the bow on it. He does. Sometimes you don't need, you know that you need the bow. And I don't think I necessarily knew I needed the bow there. And then Morrow said that. And I was like, yeah. Bows are nice, man. That That's why they're on presents. Bows are nice. Mm-hmm. People like a good, nice, little tidy up bow, you know? Why not? Why not? Why not? It's always nice to have them. All right, Nick. That is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 from 2018. Any final thoughts on the show? No. Nothing. (laughs) Okay. No, it just brings me back to that era where I just loved NXT. Anything NXT, I'd look forward to it every week. Uh, You know, knowing that it was like the best wrestling program available to us for, you know, free almost i mean i guess it was on the network so you still had to pay for it but you know it was worth it you know worth the ten dollars a month just to watch that show and uh you know just maybe we'll get back there uh, maybe we're on smackdown we'll uh start feeling a little bit like that era of nxt with, with triple h in a good way you know i, I don't want it to be like i mean you kind of need that sports entertainment too you know especially in wwe so uh you know the last few weeks have been good. I don't know if we'll go back to the NXT the way it was during this time period, at least. But uh brings me back, man. I would love to die, deep dive or dive deep into this era of NXT, uh, you know, in the future. Hint, hint, patreon.com slash shooters radio. <laughs> yeah, let's start off with NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. All right. All right. And talk about how monumental of a show that was. But, yes, we talked about it. I pretty much, you know, wax poetic about how much I like this era of NXT, how much talent it had, how deep it was, and how much this crop of talent should have been, should be today, the all of them, the top stars in the company, among the top stars. But yet, a good amount of them aren't there. Some of them are just greatly devalued but there's there's hope right because clearly triple h like these group of people <laughs> and he's probably gonna get them in prime positions again at some point hopefully but they dropped the ball at least Vince McMahon dropped the ball on so many of the of this particular group it's something about this group he just didn't like <laughs> i don't know what it was and here we are today. WWE still lacking depth, still lacking the next generation of stars. They had it, and they didn't use them. So, Dax and NXT take over Brooklyn 4. But now it's time to wrap it up for episode 334 of the Straight Shooter. So, Nick, 
Take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Pacone. Follow us on Twitter at Shooters Radio and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can check me out, uh, you know, phillyinfluencer.com, foxphlgambler.com, the pods you see up there I produce. So uh, enjoy it. And we should be having uh, maybe a couple wrestling roundtables in the near future, hopefully. Uh, Listen, we got AEW All Out coming up and Clash at the Castle for WWE. Oh, boy. Uh, It's going to be really back-to-back, you know, that's September 3rd and 4th, so hopefully we can fit these in. Because <laughs> um, I go back to school in person on the 1st of September, oh, so that's going to be a bad few days for me. <laughs> um, but we're going to try and get those at you. Uh, we like doing them, and we want to make it a staple, that Fox PHL Gambler, so uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me there. You might be able to find me out here in these streets, depending on the day. You can find my professional tweets at tweets at Philly Inquirer. You can find some some of my writing at Inquirer.com as well. But until next time, for Nick Bacone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 334 of the Straight Shooters, and we'll catch you all again next week for a deep dive into SummerSlam 2002. Listen to the straight shooters. This Donnie Wahlberg from WrestleMania 10. And you listening to Vaughn Johnson and Nick Pacone at the straight shooters, y'all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.